brings up to come that come and then <laughs> and hide that box. <laughs> okay. And and then start. Yeah, put it down below away because you will hit that thing and stop it at some point or exit out or something. Yeah, but not that, I suppose. Yeah, so get that out of there because inevitably at some point during this podcast, because we're all recording, you're going to hear something go uh, like Boy in Blue One has stopped recording and I'll be like, fuck. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm, loving, I'm loving Rich. He's like on and he's I got a, he's on push to talk. He's 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 he good took to our go. name as his username, which is good. That's right. He was very confusing for me. I was thinking, <laughs> wait, are well, we you... in the room again? It, it took me a second. Tell you what, it confused me as well. So don't worry. All right. So, uh, hey, yeah, the other thing that's funny is this was originally our Empire of the Sun, uh, uh, like like mumble server that we're using and now we're going to be starting up our empire of the sun haiku competition again <laughs> so full circle that's funny i think it's good i miss that game empire of the sun is a very cool game and uh i don't remember how to play it it's been i know it's very different so i'm gonna have to get back into that again but it was funny the haikus were the best part ha- haikus are good though some of the guys are terrible haiku <laughs> like the idea is the idea is not that you have like a uh, a uh, 17 syllable sentence that you just break up randomly to make into a 575 it's like no there's supposed to be different ideas in each <laughs> like refrigerator the classic and they're doing it they're doing a terrible job of blowing the ink across the paper with a little straw too they're uh, also not doing very good at that that's <sighs> they need to go rake oh. sand and start over I've just got to run off and get my other beverages. I'll be back in about a minute. Oh, absolutely, Rich. So I have like a universal Australian face in my in my mind, and every time we have an Australian on the podcast, that's that's what they look like, no matter what they actually look like. Have you have you never? Are you not like? Oh, you're not a Facebook guy, right? No, so you're not Facebook I have no idea what he looks Rich. like. All right, no. Um, I think Rich could pass for like a Brit or anything else. He's not, okay. like like you would think like uh, when I think Australian, I think like a a wiry kind of like guy, like the guy who flies around on the helicopter in the uh, in the uh, Mad Max, yeah, in, in like the Road Warrior movie. <laughs> like that, that's how I imagine. But that's not how Rich is. Rich looks like a Brit. I think. I mean, is that that might be an insult to Rich? I'm not sure. Uh, uh, insult. What was that? I don't know. We, I was saying that you could you could pass for an Englishman. Uh, Jason was saying that he had an image in his mind of what an Australian or. A, but again, you're not an Australian. We're gonna get we're gonna get into all this. That's, so that's, we're not gonna offend you right off the bat because um, I get a lot of questions. But uh, <laughs> but I was just saying that I think you could pass for a. Is it a palm? Is that what yes. you guys call? Them? Yep. Okay. Palm. Yes. Now is that an insult for me to say that you could pass for a palm? No, I spent four years over there, so I picked up the accent probably a little bit. So, yeah, well, I don't, I'll say I don't think that's true. <laughs> I don't think that's correct. They would just be like, like if you were going to infiltrate, like if New Zealand had a a commando mission to land on the shores of England, they would be like, okay, Rich, you aren't saying anything. Like, keep your mouth shut the entire time. <laughs> but get time. in the front line. They're like, well, we're <laughs> fucked. Rich just ordered a beer. We're made. They made us. <laughs> a beer. I'll be here. yes. All right, so uh, I guess we get started, right? Because we're all recording. 
Yeah. I was All like right. half asleep and now I'm like jacked. This oh. I'm ready to go. Oh yeah. I, oh, I'm I, into uh, it. I'm in it. I, I drank some wine. I had a headache. I watched some of, uh, uh, what's it? Dad's army while I was snoozing. Good. And, yeah. And now I, then I chugged a cup of coffee and I'm high on dip. So nice. nicotine is racing through my veins. So uh, we should be ready to go. I'm on my second can of beer. So I'm good. All right. So, uh, this is the advanced after combat podcast. It's a podcast about war gaming and basically that's it. It's war gaming. So, uh, we are the third most popular currently recording podcasts in the war gaming community. And, uh, this podcast is brought to you by myself, Dave, uh, my bromance partner, Jason. Hello. And a guest host who we select from our BGG guild every every month, pretty much every well, semi semi monthly. I mean, every, every time off, we right? record anyway. That's right. So, and this time, uh, our the Oracle has selected a mystery guest host named Rich. Welcome. G'day. There you go. Now, now there Rich, you go. Do you, what would you prefer to be referred to as Rich? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yep. I mean, it's fine. Is, is that your preferred? That's your. Well, I need to get called Richard when I'm in the shit. So, Richard. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yes, you're not in the <laughs> shit. Later. Not yet. That'll be after the podcast. After the quiz. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Okay, so uh, so Rich is goes by Pine Tree on his uh, on BGG. So that's his handle on BGG. So uh, Rich is from New Zealand. So this is going to like really open up a lot of questions for us because we're American, right? So we know very little about now. New Zealand's near Hawaii, right? Is that just past Hawaii? <laughs> yeah, and then down a little bit further. Keep going towards Antarctica and turn right, and you're about there. Now, what's the relationship like with the Australians? Is that good? Are you guys like you guys with like a friendly rivalry or? Yeah, it's more like sort of big brother, little brother, where you you fight like little fight all the time, but yeah. You still get on. Now, how do you guys feel about Tasmanians? Because I've heard Tasmanians are horrible people. Yeah, they were right. I suppose you can class them as Australian sort of humans if you kind of. <laughs> but but now they're they're an island too. So how come you guys ended up as your own country and like Tasmanians kind of glommed on with Australia? Um, I think because we weren't a convict colony, we were just colonized by the English. And also, we had the Maoris here that fought, as opposed to the Aborigines. <laughs> yes. The Aborigines just like ran away and were murdered, basically, uh, by the Australians. Yeah, we don't need to go through a, a civics lesson in Australian history, like the ugly periods of the history of Australia. <laughs> yeah. And, and Rich is also like, I wasn't planning on really discussing the origin <laughs> story of my country. Like, that's not, I, I did have some questions though. So these are some basic questions. Um, no snakes in New Zealand, right? Nope. No snakes. Fuck. Yeah. So, but Australia has like tons of fucking dangerous snakes. Like Australia is like a country that has like thousands of animals that are trying to kill you. Yes. I've been there a few times and yeah, it's scary sometimes. Yeah, they've got like venomous spiders and snakes, but you guys have zero snakes in New Zealand. That's incredible. I just can't believe that. Yeah, no snakes. Uh, a couple of spiders that bite. That's about it, really. 
Um, Sounds like a nice place. Occasional mad possum. That's about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so currently, also, I've, I did a little research in New Zealand because we we put a, we put a lot of effort into the podcast each month, and uh, apparently, you guys are in a phase now where you're trying to kill all your possums. Is that true? Yeah, they're a big pest. They strip all the trees and shit, so they're trying to kill them. They're tough little bastards. So, but yeah, but they're trying you, to kill them. But you guys have like cute possums, right? Like your your possums are not. Like an American possum, like an American is a terrifying thing to run into at night, like by your garbage can. Your possums look like kind of adorable. Uh, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> uh, and uh, is that not correct? They're not nice. Uh, they're not nice if you corner them. Um, if they corner you, they go for you. Um, other than that, I think they're all right, but they're a massive pest and. Yeah, we just shoot them if we can, run over them in the cars if we can. So, so <laughs> what, what percentage what percentage of New Zealand is uh, Maori? Uh, it's not much. I think it's possibly about 10, 15% roughly. That, now, that may be wrong there. Now, so you guys have this whole haka thing that you do, like the whole dancing thing and like beating on the chest and all that. Do, do, do you know how to do that? I have been known to do a couple of drunken huckers every now and then, yes. So so how do you learn it? Like when, when you went to school, were there a lot of Maori kids in your school, like when you were going through the, the educational system? Uh, when I was a kid, te reo, which is the Maori language, was not a big thing. This is back in the 80s. Um, but nowadays, my kids are learning it left, right and centre. It's, it's not compulsory, but they do get it ingrained into them quite early now. But I learned the haka when I was in the army. So, I didn't learn it at so, so, like, I noticed, like, I noticed the there was the video of the uh, the military unit that was doing the haka, and like front and center are obviously the Maori guys, and then there's like some of the white guys who are kind of doing it, and then there's the the white guys in the back who are kind of like being <laughs> like, yeah, the what way they're is. doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually the way we put the old put the Polynesian boys in front because they they can do the right sort of ferocity. <laughs> right, they do the faces oh, and the blowing yeah. of the cheeks and all that. Yeah, yeah. so like. Is, now, is the haka like? Is it the same thing that they're saying every time, or do they? Is it can it be different each time? Each, um, each, each tribe's got its own haka. Um, each organisation now has got its own haka. Um, there's all sorts. So even like the rugby teams, which, uh, the All Blacks have got their haka. They've got two hakas now, and then the Maori All Blacks have got their own. The Sevens teams got their own. So, yeah, there's all sorts of hakas nowadays. Now, the stuff they're saying, though, is that that's in the Maori language, I assume? Yes, correct. So um, when you're a white guy and you're in there with the group, like you have to basically learn the lyrics to the, the haka before you can participate? Yeah, I mean, um, I learned, because I know the, the All Black haka, which is the Tarapahara, I think it's called haka. Uh, I know that one just through the army, and we learned that sort of phonetically. I still I've got a rough idea what it means, but I still don't know, really. Oh, so you guys are saying it, but you have no idea what you're actually saying? Uh, kind of. Most of us know the gist of what we're saying. Oh, so you guys know the actual... It's not like it's a joke where like the, what they're making you say is like, hey, look at these white guys like pretending to be like us. They look ridiculous, don't they? That kind of thing. You actually know what the, the translation is? Yes. Yep, yep. Now, is this, is this a sensitive topic for New Zealanders? Or is this... I, I don't want to trespass in any areas, but I'm like just curious because I noticed that... The white guys seem to participate quite a bit in the haka, but it's really not their necessarily their culture, but it seems like it's been kind of incorporated into the culture in New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, uh, in New Zealand, we've, 
well, especially we call them, we call ourselves Pakeas, which is the, the white New Zealanders. Um, we've it's very strong adopting Maori traditions and stuff in New Zealand. It's become quite a big thing. So no, we, um, it's not a sensitive issue at all. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. That's and cool. So it's then, not like appropriative or anything like that. It's it's right. embraced around. Yeah, basically, it's that's good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, here in America, they would get angry like mm-hmm, they, if, you mm-hmm. were, if you show interest in the culture. The, the the people would be angry with you, and then at first they'd be supportive, and then when you became too enthusiastic, <laughs> then they would start yelling at you and make you stop right. doing it. So right. you can't yeah. do your hair like that anymore. No, exactly. Okay. No. Yeah. no, go ahead, Rich. Go ahead, please. Hey, Rich, by the way, you're the star of this show, so feel yeah, free we're, to just uh, keep, keep your push to talk down as much. Are you a talker? Or are you like, are you a big talker or no? Is that not? Not a huge talker, no. Okay, okay good. But well, perfect. That you're may, on a podcast. That's good for podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> but that may, that may change after about my fifth can and my second glass of that green shit I drink. So. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay, so Jason, we need you to play 30 minutes of bumper music and then we're going to bring Rich back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can do that. Okay. All right, good. Well, uh, so so, what's the state of wargaming right now in New Zealand? What's what's going on? I have no idea. Like, like, do you do face to face gaming with other gamers out there? Or no? Um, no, not particularly. I've got a mate at work who's into it, so I can. Put, I haven't just had a chance to because um, I've got kids and I've got no fucking time because me and my missus both work shift work. So, um, but I think there's a few wargaming clubs around, but they're they're mainly miniatures. Not much board wargaming, I don't think, especially in Wellington, where I live. Um, but yeah, Auckland, I think, has got a couple. I'm, but I may be wrong. Now, now you guys have the same problem probably as Australia, where the shipping is kind of rough, right? To get games out there and get stuff shipped to you. Oh fuck yes, <laughs> right. But I guess GMT does ship at a loss to those areas, so you guys, he's kind of subsidizing the uh, yeah. Australian and. and- and Zach, uh, wargaming market. GMT is not too bad. Um, lock and load have cha- changed their shipping, which makes it reasonably okay. But MMP is just fucking diabolical, really. But I mean, it's pretty much they're they're just it's the shipping cost, right? I mean, they aren't charging extra. No, it's just the shipping. It's like uh, I think I got that next war supplement was fourteen dollars. I think it was, but the shipping itself was another fifteen. So wow. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not cheap. So, Rich, there's a quiz. Um, uh, basically, the way we're doing it now is you can have either uh, Jason or I assist you. So it's up to you who you want to help okay. you out. Uh, knowing Brexton's quizzes, they're fucking full of obscure shit. Um, how are you on previous more than 20th century history there, um, Jason? Uh, not great. Not great? <laughs> <laughs> I might have to go Dave then. <laughs> that, that's fair. All right. I think, so this I think is, Dave's this the right is, answer. This is becoming a podcast tradition. Uh, Jason, I'm going to email you the quiz. Although I do think we should have one little rule extra. Every time I get a question wrong, we all have to have a drink. Uh, I, I would do that anyway, so I agree. And Dave's drinking coffee, so... Oh, it's a shame. I think Dave's typing. I'm trying to fucking email this thing to you and still <laughs> still do the podcast, so hold on. Ah. Yeah, we really have this whole thing figured out.
So what are you guys playing at the moment? My whole front of my house is torn up. Where and, and that's where my game table is, so I have nothing. My games aren't even up. It's it's floor and wall right now. So nothing for me. Shit. Mm. How about you? Uh nothing board wise, just um, playing a lot of pike and shop against Tony. Nice. Yeah, I and, played that quite a bit with uh, All Good, and then he got kind of tired of it, I think. Like when I was on vacation in St. John, uh, he and I did a lot of Pike and Shot stuff, so that was fun. It's a good game. I like it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's actually got me interested in the period and got me interested in getting that musket and Pike as well. So, Oh, yeah. Done, it's, done yeah, that, that's a great system. What, like Saints in Armor, maybe? Um, I've got 100 that, uh, that dual pack with GMT, the... the Sweden fights on and the Secusive Civil War. Yeah, that's good. That's I, I have the same thing. That's going to be good. But but yeah, Saints and Armor is good. That's a good one to grab. I it might. I'm not sure if it's still in print though. Those are. I haven't been following those. Hey, Jason, uh, I've sent it off to you, so you should. I have it. It is. It is up in front of me. All right. So Rich, this uh, this quiz is optional. You know, I mean, I'm just letting you know you don't have to take it because you know. I mean, you don't have to earn the rest of your career, <laughs> sir. I'm here, so why not? Just do it. Just do it. So, so basically, the way we're going to work it is I can help you on three questions, because otherwise Braxton gets mad. Um, I will tell you if I kind of know the answer, but I'm, like, I'll kind of give you a clue whether you want to use me or not. Oh, good. You're right. And this is called Summer is Almost Here podcast quiz. There's no punctuation in that, so I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Summer is almost here, podcast quiz. All right, winter. we're ready. We're ready, almost Rich. Winter. Almost winter for us. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. that was very, have... very northern hemisphere-centric. Yeah, 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 yeah fuck right. you guys. Fuck Wait, you yeah. guys. <laughs> it is time for Name That Opposing Commander. All right, I think this guy. Battle of Camden, 1780. My commander is Horatio Gates. Who is yours? Battle of Camden, 1780. I believe I know this one, so I don't have, maybe help you. I don't have a clue, so Dave. I'm going to guess Cornwallis. That is correct. Oh, there we go. We're recording. It's going to get recorded. <laughs> Huzzah. Nice. It's a southern campaign of the Revolutionary War. Ah, Revolutionary War, yeah. No. Haven't got a clue about those ones. Who needs it? The Battle of Pea Ridge, 1862. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, my commander is Samuel Curtis. I've got, I've got this one too, also for you. So, um, uh, yeah, mate. I will take Dave's again because I have no idea. It's going to be Earl Van Dorn. Indeed. Dave's killing it. Wow, I'm going to roll. Nice. Battle of Jutland, 1916. My commander is Reinhardt Scheer. That would be Jellico. Indeed. Ooh, Jellico. Wow, wow perfect. Three for three. three. For three. All right. I don't think that's Rich, ever happened I, before. <laughs> Rich, I got a good feeling about this one. <laughs> I got a little twinge. Yeah. 
Anything 20th century on Morocco yet? Anything before that? Mm. Nice. Yeah, fair enough. Which yeah. is why you should not take Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Jason yeah, if it just happened before 1955, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, Battle of Wavre, W-A-V-R-E, 1815. Uh, my commander is Johann von Tillman. Oh, I'm going to be a frog. Um... Shit, what was that French guy's name? Uh, I would probably not Napoleon. Um, one of his one of his marshals. Uh, we'll take a guess. You're uh, on the right say, track. Uh, was it Gabon or whatever his name was? Gabon. That's my guess. Yeah, I would guess Grouchy if it's not Napoleon, but yeah, it's Grouchy. Okay, Grouchy it is. The, the streak is broken. Yeah, that's all right. We broke the streak. <laughs> oh, drink. <laughs> oh, yep. No, I don't have the drink. I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> and the Battle of Tannenberg in 1914. My commander is Alexander Samsonov. Wasn't that oh, the von Falkenhausen or something? Fucking Falkenhausen, Falkenberg or something? <laughs> is is is, oh, is that your guess? Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I'm in the ballpark. I have a I have a guess. I can yeah. I might be able to get this one for you maybe. <laughs> All right, go. Is it Hindenburg? It is Hindenburg. Hindenburg. I like I like Falkenberg though. Now I can't even claim I can't claim that I'm perfect because I would not have gotten Jellico, so that would then <laughs> as a team, team work, as a team we're, we're, mm. we would be perfect. Yeah, well, he was one of the big Germans. It was either Ludendorff or Hindenburg. Yeah, I think, I think Ludendorff was his chief of staff at this mm, point. So, yeah. Yeah. wow, this is this is right. I know I'm feeling house. good. Are, yeah, that's nice. I mean, Pea Ridge is literally maybe 150 miles from where I'm planning yeah, to retire to. So that was. Shit, <laughs> yeah. All righty. It is time for Who the Fuck Said That Shit? Name the military persona that each listed quote is associated with. Number one Soldiers generally win battles, generals get credit for them. Who the fuck said that shit? Ooh. Um, yeah, I'm usually terrible category, so this is not. Yeah, one it's, a, it's a tough one, but it's a, it's fun to listen to. Yeah, I would. Hmm. I'll take a stab in the dark and say General Grant. Grant. Napoleon Bonaparte. Oh, okay. No, no. Yep. Close Napoleon's enough. usually he's a good fallback guess. <laughs> yeah. Him, him, and Patton. They're, they're my two go-to's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a good one. Know your enemy and know yourself, and you can fight a hundred battles without disaster. Rich, are you brewing coffee? I'm drinking some German pilsner. No, there's just a, like a it's weird like a, it's uh, like noise a in the background, like a fish tank or something. Or 
Is it Sam mixing the, drinks? There might be the fan from my laptop. There might be the fan from my laptop. Oh, possibly. yeah, if it's running, that might be it, yeah. Uh, I will take a guess and say sun. Indeed, oh, very nice. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something you'd fucking say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and anytime someone says know yourself, then fair enough. Yeah, it was too introspective to be Napoleon again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> War is the continuation of politics by other means. Oh, you got this one, Rich. Who the fuck said this shit? This is this this is one I might even get. No pressure. I fucking know this. Ah, you do. I would have known this one can ago. Um, what was his name? Uh, not Churchill. Is that your guess? Not Churchill. <laughs> My guess is Churchill. <laughs> I'm going to guess Klauswitz. It is Klauswitz. <laughs> the other philosopher. <laughs> Wrong side. Are you keeping score, Jason? I, I am, yeah. Because I'm not. <laughs> no idea. Well, well, we're both guessing so many times. I'm not, sure which, yeah. I'm not sure which ones are the official guesses. And this is a, this is a, guild, a guild favorite. Issue the order, sir, and I will storm hell. Who the fuck said that shit? Uh, hmm. Sherman. You know yeah, that's probably Here's a good a guess. guess. That's a good guess. Sherman. Mad Anthony Wayne. Oh, Mad Anthony Wayne. Can't I like Sherman. You heard it, and number five. Yeah, the quiz tends to be a little centric. Sorry, we fought a lot of wars. So. <laughs> yeah, <that's> right. <laughs> New, New Zealand's been in some wars, but we, we mm. beat you guys on the number of wars. <laughs> and and number of hosts involved. Yeah, true. <laughs> and number of interns. And we dominate Wikipedia, so that's where <laughs> most of our answers come from. <laughs> number five. No terms except an unconditional and immediate surrender can be accepted. Wouldn't have a clue, but I'll take a stab in the dark and say Wellington. I'm going to guess George Washington. Ulysses Grant. Oh, Grant. Fuck for the Civil War. Yeah. Fucking Grant. Fuck's sake. And he got it. Dave, it's, it's time for one of my favorites. There, there's like f five categories, and they're all kind of my favorites, but this is time for who... Or what the fuck am I? All right, good. No. All right, let's do it. Go ahead. I was born in 1896 to a poverty-stricken peasant family in Russia. I worked in a, as an apprentice furrier until I was conscripted into the Russian army in 1915. I joined the Bolshevik party after, after the 1917 October Revolution. In 1923, I became commander of a cavalry regiment, advancing quickly up the ranks to become a deputy commander for cavalry of the Belarusian military district in 1938. After the German invasion of the USSR in 1941, I signed the Directive of People's Commissariat of Defense, number three. Who am I? 
Ooh. Uh, so he'd be... So he'd be in about his 50s. Not Beria? No, not Beria. No. Uh, I'll say Zukov. Okay, Indeed. I'm going to guess Stalin. Oh, was it Zukov? Zukov. Okay, was yeah. I would guess Sorry, Stalin. I should have let you guess. Yeah. Nicely puzzled. It's always it's always either Zukov or Stalin, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For all the Russians in World War yeah, II. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. That's fair. During 1942 and 1943, I was one of the most effective tracked vehicles of World War II, as shown in terms of opposition vehicles destroyed. Because of my decreased cost and ease of production, I was used to replace standard tank losses, and over 10,000 of my type were produced from 1940 to 1945. My name also means assault gun. What am I? Oh, you got this one, Rich. You know this one. It's not the Stug. That's right. Yeah, that's it. Good. Which I only know as a salt gun. So that was a good. That was a good clue. That was the bit. That was the clue that got me actually stuck here. Another another uh, American. I was born in 1801 near Knoxville, Tennessee. My father was a native to Spain and fought in the American Revolution as a lieutenant in the Continental Naval Forces. My naval career began when I was nine years old, Jesus Christ, when I was commissioned as a midshipman in the U.S. Navy. I fought in the War of 1812, the Mexican-American War, and American Civil War when I was, when I, as commissioned by the U.S. Congress, what? This sentence doesn't make sense. I fought in the War of 1812, a Mexican-American War, American Civil War, when I was commissioned by the U.S. Congress as a rear admiral. Oh, say, is it Farragut? Holy shit. Yeah, that's a good guess. I only know Farragut and Porter. He's, he's the, the only, only two I know. He's the only Civil War, Civil War naval commander I know. So nice. Yeah. Got it. Wow. Oh, oh, fuck. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, like, Rich is killing it. Who the fuck this guy fuck is? Me. <laughs> fuck me. Rich, you need to drink about four more beers. This is actually a measurement of how many beers you've had. <laughs> it's a, this is it's a sobriety test. It's also a sobriety <laughs> test. <laughs> yes. Not quite pissed enough. I was designed by John Browning in the early 20th century and became the standard issue U.S. military sidearm for 75 years. I was, and still am, used by 28 other nations as a standard issue sidearm, with 2.7 million of my model being built. What am I? That would have to be the Colt 45. Yeah, the 1911. Mm. 1911, yeah. Yeah, same thing, though. Yep. 1911's Colt 45. Yep. Yeah, I think there's also the Brian Browning high power, which is nine mil. But yeah, I think it was similar. It's just the uh, the, the military ver verbiage, right? Yeah, Rich and I are high fiving. Like, <laughs> the end of each question, we're like, I heard it. it. <laughs> A long yes. distance. I was born in 1817 in North Carolina. You got that right, but I still took a drink just in case. Good man, good man. <laughs> I, was, 
I was born in 1817 in North Carolina. When I was 10 years old, my father decided a military career was for me and sought a nomination into the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. While at West Point, I excelled academically and graduated fifth in my class. I fought in the Mexican-American War, where I gained fame as a talented artillery officer at the Battle of Buena Vista. I was known as a strict disciplinarian and for adhering to my to army regulations literally. Oh, mm-hmm. I know who this is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is alleged that some of my troops tried to assassinate me twice. One attempt was made by exploding a 12-pound artillery shell under my cot, which I miraculously survived. Who am I? Uh, I have no idea. Well, I guess would be Hood, but I don't. Think so, Dave probably knows better than I do. Yeah, this has got to be Braxton Bragg. Yep. (laughs) Well, there you go, of course. (laughs) He's got to have one. I mean, that's not bad, right? If your guys try to blow you up with maybe they were just storing the ammunition (laughs) under your cot. That's it. It was an obvious place to put it. So, yeah, yeah, what up? Dave, it's bonus time. Okay, so Rich, um, these are bonus questions. So um, basically, they're bonus, so they're they're extra as far as the quiz is concerned. But they're going to actually count uh, for you or against you, the same as the other question, except they're bonus. So um, while you can't decide not to do them, um, they are uh, uh, extra questions that could count. So hence the bonus, the questions about how the bonus works. <laughs> no, because I've still got a drink if I get them wrong. So mm-hmm. yeah, so. Well, the quality of the quiz answers may be improved when people select me. I think the description of the bonus questions uh, actually suffers as a result. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> think so. There no, go. That was you, a good you do a good job. But yes, yeah, so they're bonus. So they're going to be extra questions. They're like you get the extra points for them, but they also count against you uh, extra also. So <laughs> That's cool. I don't yeah, know how that bit started, but sense. that's that's a good. it's a good bit. It doesn't get old somehow. And you have to answer them. So You do. And this, perfect th- sense. this is a fun one. Whose fucking nickname is it? Name the military persona that each listed nickname is most associated with. These are, these are tough. Go ahead. The, f- the first one is Vinegar. Whose fucking nickname is that? Vinegar. Vinegar. Oh, geez. Who is Vinegar? All I I can think of is Tony with his vinegar stroke. Yeah, definitely like, that's an interesting nickname. Yeah, we we probably have to hurry up on the podcast too before Rich's uh, laptop dies on us. So before that fan It's actually fun. I can hardly hear it. So. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. My guess would be. Um, does, does vinegar Joe help? Oh, that's Collins. Oh, General Collins? It, no, it's, it's a Burma. Is it Stillwell? Oh, Stillwell. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Nice. Yeah, it's. 
the question says vinegar, but I think his nickname was Vinegar Joe. Yeah, Burma's like that kind of like it's, it's become yeah. like a popular theater though. For a while, it was neglected, but I think it's kind of made a comeback as far as people paying attention to what was going on there with slit stuff. He was a good general. The Black Prince. Whose fucking nickname is that? Oh, that sounds familiar. That's uh, oh, fuck. Rudolph, somebody or other. That's Rudolph, close. Pr Rupert. Rupert, Prince Rupert. Yeah. Uh, of no, don't don't say anymore. No, don't say anymore. It's Prince Rupert. He's in. He's in. Like, <laughs> don't don't don't, <laughs> yeah. don't wreck the answer. Okay, go Rupert. Go Rupert. Edward the Third. Oh fuck. Fuck. Okay. That was better. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Same difference. Old Rough and Ready. That's a great nickname. That's what I want my nickname to be. That's what the missus called me. Calls me Old Rough and Ready. <laughs> That's funny. That's good. Uh, rough and Ready. Uh, Roosevelt was Rough Riders, wasn't he? So it wouldn't be him. Um, no, I think I think you're on the right track with him. I think I think that might be right. Teddy Roosevelt. That's my guess. Zachary Taylor. Oh shit, Zachary Taylor. Can't say I've heard of him. Yeah, I would never have gotten that in a million years. Never ever. The we started out fox. so strong, Rich. Yeah, we had such a strong start. <laughs> yeah, it's wow. still going really well. All things considered. <laughs> mm. a bit of a these are just bonus. Question. These are just bonus too. That's right. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. The swamp fox. Oh, uh, that's Civil War again, isn't it? Nope. Revolutionary nope. War. Re oh, shit. Okay. Um, Swamp Fox. Not, is it uh, American generals? Fuck. Washington. Who's the other dude? Yeah, you, you're, you're <laughs> never going to guess it. <laughs> you're never going to guess it. It wasn't old Benedict Arnold. No, it's Francis Marion. No. Nah, I wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. And this is a terrible nickname. I don't. I don't like this one at all. Uncle Billy. Uncle Billy. Maybe mm. William something or other. I think you've already guessed him before. Yeah. Yeah. They came you've up already earlier. Guessed him once before. Oh, Schumann. Hmm. Nicely done. N nicely puzzled. Wow, you true, crushed oh. it. Oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, nice. That looks like 11 to me. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a... Uh, <laughs> we, we don't grade on a on a percentage. 11 out of 20 is killer. Fuck. It's, a, it's a curve. So that's pretty high <laughs> in the curve, right? <laughs> that's there. pretty high. That's Double figures is good. Curve. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm. Especially when I'm half pissed. So that's good. Mm. Nicely done. Yeah, we, we we actually requested that you be three quarters pissed. So I mean, I'm kind of that's you, you need to speed it up. Yeah, I'm getting there. I've still got my green shit to get through, which is fucking nasty. So now, by, what, by what's, green that, shit, do you mean absinthe? It, or is that kind of beer? I think it's kind of beer. Uh, no, it's actually it is uh, a liqueur. It's um, Midori. Midori. Oh, it's a melon. Ugh. 
Yeah, Midori. And then half of that and half of a uh, pear, pear vodka. Half and half. Huh. In it. It's fucking nasty. Get you pissed in a yeah. very quick time. Wow. Yeah, I don't yes. really like sweet stuff like that. Like yeah, no, it is, a bit, it is a bit sweet and syrupy. But yeah, it, it, I had it one night with the Anzac boys when we got on the piss or played for a <laughs> on the play game. And I had three glasses of that and I was fucking hammered. Oh, yeah, yeah you, 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 guys, you guys get pretty slammed. Like, I watched uh, a little bit of a video where Alex was basically like, didn't have have his shirt on and he's like he's like staring at the game I'm, and to be fair he, do, he does live in Cairns, which is fucking hot so he I, well, no I, I, I assumed he had pants on like i couldn't really see but i was like i i think he's got pants on like so but yeah he was uh, basically shirtless and just going on about i think talking about it too drunk <laughs> to actually play yeah no that's pretty typical for up northern queensland yes yes yeah, so um now we we did get a request from Tony to talk about uh, Anzac Con, but Rich, I think you can really like do some of the lifting for that for us and discuss what Anzac Con is going to be for you guys. Dave, Dave, I think you need to read the copy. I mean, we got paid a lot of money to read that copy. Did he email it to us or something? Did, did <laughs> yeah. he email it to me? Well, yeah. I assume Rich can cover this, but let's see, Rich, why don't you go ahead and talk about it a little bit while I try to pull up the copy on it. Yeah, so it's in the, oh shit, the 12th and the 13th of October. Um, it's in Sydney, which is quite central for pretty much everyone, especially over in New Zealand and Australia. Um, so I think maximum of 12 people. Um, I, th I think we've got about seven, um, maybe eight or nine, I'm not too sure. But yeah, definitely seven. So there's still a few spots open left. Um, and it's just two days of wargaming, basically. It's just a mini AA con, AAC con. And, oh, excuse me. And, um, yeah, that's about it, really. I um, can't think of anything else. It's, okay, it's in so, Sydney. So, did you say? I'll go, ahead, right. I'll go yeah. ahead and read the copy then that we were getting. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm half drunk, so it's probably, Dave, like, probably wasn't I'm, a good spiel. I'm looking forward to this. So, uh, first of all, um, I want to ask the pronunciation of a word. Is it Antip? Antipodes, antipodes, antipodeans, and and okay, so here we go, gentlemen. The world's premier drinking convention for people with a gaming problem, AACCon, now has a little brother in the antipodes. Uh, nice. It's called it's called AnzacCon, and it's uh, we'd be grateful for plug. Okay, I'm not supposed to read that part. <laughs> <laughs> No. If you if you're up for some Anzac spirit, consider Alex A. Rich. Oh, what the fuck? This isn't copy at all. What am I supposed to read? Here. Okay. Oh, God. They, which, <laughs> the, the, did I just read the part? I think I read the part that I was supposed to read. No, I don't think we're looking at the same email. He oh, says geez. Anzac Con 2018 is a once in a lifetime opportunity for Aussie and Kiwi drinkers with a wargaming. Yeah. No, okay, yeah, you yeah, are doing it. That's yeah. good. That's, no, yeah, 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 that's better. The convention will take place in Sydney in October 2018. There are rumors of t-shirts. Did I also mention we can drink in the convention room? That is a plus. Uh, for more information, please go to BoardGameGeek search bar, choose tags, and search for AnzacCon. That's uh, two A's in the middle there. Yes, it is. Oh, he, he, he requests, please spell out A-N-Z-A-A-C-O-N, Alpha, 
November, Zulu, Alpha, Alpha, Charlie, October, November. This will take you directly to the AnzacCon 2018 convention details. Or you can geek mail Snorty, which is S-N-O-R-R-I-H-T, which makes zero sense. And he'll say, he'll, yeah, I just don't know what Snorty means. No, we neither, actually. Yeah, that's I, think nice. it's, I think it's Snorri HT or something like that. Snorri HT? Mm. Now, now, Rich, are you going to do a hot at the convention? Are you going to open it up with a haka? <laughs> uh, probably not. You should, <laughs> I, I thought he was about to kick off into one. I wasn't I sure what he was doing there. <laughs> I got I got excited. But I, I, I almost got going, all the warriors. Um, we are going, me, myself, and a couple of others are coming to AACon 19. Yeah, nice. And I may be, um, I may be uh, influenced into doing one there, possibly. No, this is nice. assuming we're not we're not at war with Australia by 2019. <laughs> so but we'll see. We'll yeah, see exactly. how it's going. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Oh, too soon. Yeah, so, too soon. Yeah, no. Um, it's myself, Tony, and Abe are definitely playing next year. That is the plan. That's excellent. So, so there's like there's like five or six of you guys that kind of uh, are big guild participants. So I guess you guys managed to work in some extra people for the convention. Yeah, I think Tony knows a few couple of guys that who's, who are coming, and um, I've actually got a mate at work who's definitely keen, and he's got a friend who's keen as well. So there may be a, hopefully there'll be a few of us coming. Nice. Take photos. Well, yeah, I hope you guys uh, enjoy it, and of course uh, we'll we'll. Take our normal twenty percent off the top of the uh, the <laughs> entrance fees, the of registrations, <laughs> yeah, of you know, for yes. licensing and all that stuff. But that's yeah. So of course we hope that it's very successful. Then well attended. Yes, yeah, so Tony's paid for the. He's already paid for the, the the venue and stuff. So it's all confirmed. It's all ready to rock. And myself, I am organizing the t-shirts. So yeah, see, you take it smart. on. That. They 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 take some time. That's how we do it too. We make John pay for the whole thing, and then uh, gradually he gets his money back as the time goes on. So we let him worry about all the stress of, of the convention. Well, luckily my my brother and sister in law actually own a t shirting printing business, so that is a big bus bonus. Nice. Well, we we lose two dollars on every t shirt. We make it up. In, we make it, it up in volume. That's how we make our profit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. style. That's right. That's right. Well, I, I don't want to say anything, but. Uh, the is the Teespring shirts are they is their XL a little tight? <laughs> they're like, they're they're mediums, their a little tight, like, so it must be. Yeah, yeah like I'm like uh, yeah, I know it's an XL, but like I, I yeah, it's not a medium on me, but still I was like <laughs> it, was, it seemed a little it's bit probably tight. Probably a Chinese XL. And, so. You don't wear an XL, Dave? Do you? I do. Of course, I wear an XL. Yeah, I can't wear Why? large. Are you kidding me? There's no way I can wear large. And and I'm not saying it's gamer XL. I mean it's a, like a legitimate XL. <laughs> it's and, it's uh, bench press XL. Yeah, it's it's well, yeah, it's tight on the sleeves. I, definitely. I Got but those guns. Like, well, it just feels like the Teespring shirts are a little tight. They're they're know. uh yeah, they're they're California XL. And they're the white XL. ones are, are a little see through. <laughs> there you go. Not, just I, I a learned that bit. lesson. Yeah. Yeah. They're a little see-through, so yeah. don't don't no order one, the white No one ones. wants the the man nipples. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna That's leave right. those out. Yeah. That's right. Tattoos. Like I know everyone 
to see my tattoos through my shirt as I'm wearing it, but it, like no one, like, I don't want to see that in pictures. <laughs> I, I regret every tattoo I ever got, so I don't need to see them in photographs. You can see my so, tattoos. I don't want you to see my nipples. That's right. Well, yeah, yours are visible, so you don't have to worry yeah. about it. But uh, yeah, there are plenty more. Know. But yeah, I just noticed that when I got the Teespring ones, I'm like they're a little snug. <clears throat> But I can't go XXL. Like that's too big for me. But you're not. You're not like okay. It, but it, around the arm, I'm going to get into my anatomy. Yeah. But around the arms and the, the shoulders, it's tight. Let's just put it that way. You can put up some weight. So I, if we want to get into my my uh, psychoses of the last few weeks, so I lost my job last week. But the most depressing sure. hey, good thing. Way to go, Jason. But the most. <laughs> but that's not the most depressing thing to happen to me in the last two weeks. So my wife and I have been going to the gym and and I've been feeling okay and you know, putting up a decent amount of weight, making, you know, some some decent progress. But I bench pressed, like Olympic bench press for the first time, literally since I was in Iraq twelve years ago. Please tell me you at least put up <laughs> please tell me you can at least put plates on it. Uh almost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, oh no. it was, it, it's been 12 years. Are you putting 30, you're not putting 35 no, I'm on putting it, 35s on <laughs> Oh, geez. Uh, Jason, you got to work on that at home. You it can't go me, to the gym and put 35s up. It so upset. Are you, I was who's, so who's, who's working out with you? Some chick? You no, and the no chick one. like taking turns on the bench? <laughs> no one. Is it's that, just, um, just me sadly pushing up 35s. Is it pounds or kilos? Pounds. Oh God! Don't confuse us. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know what those, that means. <laughs> oh, Jesus. or is it stone? How many stone? Uh, yeah. So, okay. so, so, yeah. do you at least do the thirty fives, and then you put tens on, like, li- li- like at some point, it's just thir- straight thirty fives. <laughs> just thirty fives. Oh. So I'm, wor- I'm working back up. Tell, tell yeah. them you're working on reps. Yeah, you're working on reps. Not... Yeah, I'm toning. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting. I'm cutting. I'm not bulking right now. I can't I can't put like uh, 225 on anymore because shoulders are too bad. So now I that's I'm I'm doing I just do reps now with the bench press because my, and for my me shoulders my, are too bad. My shoulders and my elbows are bad, so I'm fucked no matter what I do. But yeah. I it was what? it was awful it was horrible. At, at our age the key is don't get injured so basically yes, just right. get yeah. easy Technique. and yeah just take it easy <laughs> like like if i feel something tweaked or something i'm like that's it i'm yeah. done with that exercise i'm gonna when, go on to something else when your lower back comes off the bench you're like oh okay I'm, it's uh time to get on the elliptical the other lesson i've learned uh being older is you got to take protein powders because you just don't have the same yep uh recovery that you did before so you got to have some kind of supplement to, to push through that but yeah and that, so the big thing now is the claystone 30 that's what everybody's doing <laughs> which i had to so, get clarification about today yes yeah, so i heard that i heard about that clay yeah. clay came up to me at AACCon and told me that all i need to do to work out is just get 30 minutes of cardio every day so it's the guys are doing the claystone 30 in 30s trying to do 30 days of 30 minutes of cardio uh and no excuses you got to get it in so if you're planning on drinking you got to knock it out before you drink so 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 like cardio is that like bike is that elliptical is that walking what okay well yeah so here's the restrictions like when you get older you tend to say things like when you walk up a hill you're like oh that (laughs) 
I was played a good with workout. my two-year-old like, for count. thirty minutes. That's yeah. that's yeah. plenty. Yes. The, stuff that you did as a kid normally, like mowing the lawn, or those don't count as cardio <laughs> workouts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh like, damn it! Like or bending bending over and picking up <laughs> sticks in the front yard, like that does not count as a workout. Like okay. you actually have to do some That's kind fair. of cardio. That's fair. But I think if you can do it for thirty days and really stick to it, I think it's actually good for you. So oh, for sure. Um, and with me, I've got an elliptical, so I just do the iPad. I play games like I can play Pike and Shot or other games uh, while I'm doing it, and it goes by pretty quick. But it's tough to like really do it for thirty days, and not miss a day. I just watch Rick and Morty. That's right. Yes, and people are listening to the podcast now. Like, wow, this podcast has come a, a long I know, way. We're sold, and and not in a good way. Like, it's no, it's it's yeah. come a long way. <laughs> now we're fourth most popular wargaming podcast. <laughs> we just dropped that, and, and there's only two other ones. <laughs> yeah, ah! yeah. What's the other one? Hex Encounter just beat us, and they haven't they haven't recorded <laughs> podcasts in four years. They just moved <laughs> past us. God bless. Yeah, that's that's really how we survive. We just keep recording. We just like, keep we just, recording. We don't stop. I mean, next month is going to be our fifth year of recording. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. And, uh, as much that's as the up. industry would like us to stop because we're an embarrassment to the hobby, we refuse. Yeah. Yeah, fuck those guys. Fuck those guys. Exactly. Fuck them. So we had a convention uh, in Missouri called Swolcon. Um, or some people call it Donkey Kong, whatever. Yeah. Tomato, like some... tomato, tomato. And uh, so it was kind of like a, a big uh, gaming, like a large game convention. And Mitch set it up. Mitch Land, famously the designer of the Next War series. Um, much less impressive in person, but whatever. I mean, Mitch is a good guy. I mean, on the internet, he's got a huge reputation. So, uh, but it was Don't besmirch I... his in-person self with his online persona online is all class online uh, no. is all class well online mitch gets on my nerves in person mitch, like, i'm friends with mitch but man he <laughs> fucking pisses me off sometimes online <laughs> but he's i know, really I know good. some people like that he's really good at like uh answering questions and everything but M mitch has a very dry sense of humor which doesn't always come across when he's like trying to provoke me about like battles of the age of reason or something like that something that i'm pissed off about uh, mitch likes poking me so um but the venue was great i mean we had yeah, it was like, excellent we had a dunkin donuts right across from the hotel we had the, was... the second floor of the hotel the big a decent sized room it was just the right size for us now there's literally anything you wanted around. There's Mexican food. There's steakhouse. Yeah, you could walk Dunkin to a White Castle. A Chili's, White Castle was White like Castle, half a football right. field away. Uh, and there was a bar next to the uh, the room, which actually did. I thought the guy did a solid job making drinks. And he was good. Yeah. yeah in fact, uh, and so. We we played a terrible sound from uh, the line of battle series. It was me, Paul, uh, Evil Jack, Uncle John, and Lieutenant Hoplite. We played that, and then at some point it was kind of more of a two versus two type game. So then I jumped out and I just played basically rolled for Braxton Bragg for the Confederates, and then I played Molewitz with uh, Mitch. So Mitch kind of walked me through the battles of the Age of Reason. And then they did the next war series. Uh, B mode Tyler. And Ralph were doing uh, India, Pakistan, Taiwan, and Korea all together at once, linked. And then uh, 
You guys, you, you played like a fleet game? Is that what yeah, you're Yeah, Ty and I played uh, Seventh Fleet, which was a blast. We played the campaign, full boat. And then Kev brought his uh, copy of uh, Under an Iron Sky and played that with uh, played that with uh, Mitch a little bit. So she kind of showed Mitch how to play. Mitch was eh, kind of neutral on it, I yeah, think. kind of underwhelming all around, I think, on that game. So Under an Iron Sky, I think, is a redo of NATO Next War. Next War, yep. Right, Next War. So, so uh, we had that going, and then we had some good times in the evening. We played Slapshot, uh, which was fun. I guys played the epic, epic of the Pel- Peloponnesian War. That oh, big that's right. Like game. Yeah. Johan and Chris and Rocketman. Uh, yep. Yeah. So they played that, and I could not understand anything mm-hmm. that they were playing mm-hmm. over there. They were just a bunch of colored not a pieces. lot of movement. I, it was grease that was obvious, and uh, I didn't understand any of the game. But uh, it seemed like it was they could sit down, which, frankly, at this point in my life, um, <laughs> standing and leaning over the table for hours, moving encounters, dude, it's fucking. Ty and I were hor- both mostly leaning, and then by the end of the night, we're like stretching, and you know trying to do some calisthenics to try to loosen up because yeah that, it, it, we we all need to work out more to be war or something because <laughs> your fucking back dude gets so sore uh so i was really jealous of them because they're just sitting and playing i'm like oh my god i wish i could be those guys but again that's probably old age yeah again hitting us up Yes, old age sucks. And and no one used their belly to move their reserves into action secretly. Like no one tried to use a belly move to push ah. forces off the edge of the map into the center of the battle area. So that was good. Uh, but yeah, it was it seemed cool. Uh, we played Illuminati, which I was not as didn't think it was as fun. Illuminati was. Eh. Uh, it was, I was, I got into it because Jack was, Jack is just fun and Jack was playing, running it at first. And so it was funny watching Jack play Illuminati. But then when I started playing, it was not, I I wouldn't play it again. I don't think. That was the last night though, right? Mm-hmm. And then, there, oh, and then there was like Hot s- slap shot. There was, uh, what else was the drunk attack sub? I played attack sub with, uh, Very nice. with, uh, Jack, and then Lieutenant Hoplite got fucking epically drunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, got, got very, North. very drunk. Oh, it was so great! Like he was so hammered, and like then he's talking to Ralph, and he's like, he was like trying to insult Ralph using uh, line of battle terms. Like he's like, you could if you were on my army, you couldn't even do an opening volley. Blah blah. blah. He's like so fucking cross-eyed drunk. He and Ralph. Is like the last guy you want to talk to when you're drunk because Ralph is just eating it up. He's like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, tell me more." Like, like most people will be like, "Okay, okay," like, "Yeah, uh-huh. And he, Ralph is just like, "Oh yeah, no, come on, Nick, tell me more about that." I'm really fat. Like, Ralph just keeps egging him on. And, on. <laughs> and at one time, Lieutenant Hobbit tried to pour me a drink into Mitch's uh, box uh, <laughs> box top of Mulwitz. Like, he tried to pour a oh, shot no. of rye. He was so fucking drunk. Like and tried to ch- touch Kev Sharp in the face, which oh, did, yeah, didn't yeah, go well. He tried to touch Kev Sharp's moneymaker, which you do not. No one touches the mm-hmm. face. So Kev yeah. was like, Hands no. off. Hands off the merchandise. That's right. But yeah, he was hammered. Uh, 
which was great to watch because for once I wasn't the one that was completely shit faced. <laughs> it's it's nice getting drunk enough to to kind of be drunk, but but uh, have someone else be drunker, which which is always a, a good time at the the AAC cons. Yeah, he was really far gone, which was it was fun to watch that, and and everyone had a good time. It was it was less of a drinky convention because I think the skill of the games was big so that, you know, guys were kind of like you had to, you, there wasn't a lot of early drinking. Yeah. Um, How I described know, it to my bar. wife is at AAC con, we started drinking at noon at donkey con. We started drinking at five. So that that's kind of the, the difference. Yeah, that's right. And Todd, Todd Reed brought in a bunch of beer. He bought, he doesn't drink, but he bought a bunch of beer and brought in beer for everybody. And then like, I th- he's like, oh, well now we'll put it on ice. And everyone's like, no, we're just going to drink it warm. We don't <laughs> I, care. Yeah, I so drink, guys I just, drink some hot beer. Guys just started drinking it right away. I think Todd was kind of taken aback. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're savages, Todd. We, and we appreciated it. He's like, yeah, this is a, uh, this is a brew that's made in uh, like whatever, like uh, this is in spring. We're like, yeah, whatever. We just grabbed it. <laughs> <laughs> so have alcohol in it so um so yeah i thought it was good i, th- I don't good. know if it's going to be able to get much bigger than that so we're probably going to just leave it to guys who've already come or maybe certain guys who are like heavy participants can come but i don't think we could get much more than 25 into that room yeah so. yeah that's about right it was great though i'm, I'm so glad i went so uh Rich, what are you playing right now? You you mentioned you're doing Viking Shot. You want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, yeah, I suppose I can. Um, yeah, it's basically just a PC game. Um, it uses the Field of Glory rule set, I think, miniatures. Um, not too sure of it. But it's, it, it's based on Renaissance Warfare from 1600 to 17- I think, but I think users have used a bit more to, um, I think there's some dudes made a battle for the bull run, which is like 1862 or something like that. So. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I didn't know they'd done some Civil War stuff for it. Yeah, I think some guy has made a user, like the user scenarios you can download, some guy's done one. I think someone's also gone back to 1300, I think. And the nice thing about that is you can do it by like kind of like a play by email type thing where you do your turn and then the other guy gets it and then he can do his turn and send it back to you. Yeah, well, that's what me and Tony do. We do, uh, uh, we've been playing, we've played a few scenarios. We've made it in English Civil War, but we've just recently gone to, to start a Blenheim, which is uh, 1704. It's a really good game. It's simple to play and it takes like 10 minutes a turn, I think, max. So, uh, how much is it to get the game? Like, what's the? It's a, it's basically an app, right? I think I played on my iPad. Yeah, I think uh, usually it goes on sale on Steam a lot. Um, I picked it up for five bucks, um, but I think it's usually about twenty. I think I'm not too sure. Yeah, so it's it's cool in that because it is also an app, so you can just get it on your iPad or whatever and just play it and send your turns in, and the guys. Little guys move around. The graphs are pretty good. I mean, I thought you're kind of zoomed out, so your guys all—it's not like uh, they look like units. It's the, the guys actually look like little figures moving around. Yeah, the graphics are actually they're decent. I mean, I would love to see a bit more, um, like a few bodies floating around, like just to see where your, <laughs> where your fighting's been. If you know what I mean. But yeah, no, it's actually, it's quite a good little 
quite nice little graphics. I mean, there's nothing too flash, but they, they do the job. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so do Rich, command each. Do command each yeah. like little group, or, or like have an army, and, and just kind of direct for objective, or do you like click on each little formation and, and tell them what to do? You click on each formation, and you can like in most of them, uh, like infantry can move, fire. Um, cavalry can just usually either move um, or charge. Um, some cavalry, which is the group dragoons, can move and shoot, but generally on the whole, it's just like one or two actions per turn each unit can do. And um, there it is. Ah, there, there it is. You fucked it up, bitch. You <laughs> fucked up the recording. <laughs> Nicely done. Now, was that a keystroke, or did you act out of the thing? I've just been hitting my space bar, so I have no oh, yeah. idea if it was me or not. <laughs> it started again, so I have no idea. Yeah, that space bar will do it. It'll usually... I'm stalling. We're, we're fine. We got it. But uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the, you can click on the units and do stuff, and then if you've got guys that are in, like, bad shape morale-wise, sometimes you can't command them. They're going to just, until they can recover, I, I don't think you can give them orders. They're going to run away or whatever. Yeah. So is it, like, I mean, scenario-based? Do you have, like, here's what you're trying to do, or is it just... It's battles. It's, they give you a battle. Battles, and I think... Uh, the, so you're just trying to kill stuff. Yeah, the conditions usually, um, uh, you've got to route 60% of the army... Or you can route forty percent, but you've, you've, your twenty percent of your army has not got to be routed as well. Hmm. I think something like that. It's okay. genuinely what it is. Yeah, I don't think there's any that have like objectives, like terrain objectives sure. or anything. No, no, it's just routing, pretty much. Yeah, so I think in a lot of those battles, the terrain was incidental, right? They're looking to destroy, like English Civil War. You know, they're looking to defeat the other side's army. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I, was, I was trying. I was trying to find my line and shit, and then I was realizing, well, there's no fucking point in holding my line. I just got to just <laughs> <destroy> the enemy. <laughs> so you just, just have at it. And fucking, but yeah. it's similar. It's similar to musket and pike. You'll have your guys all ordered, and you're trying to get them all organized, and they're all good. And then the other the guy just starts hitting you with artillery. Like, well, fuck it, we got to go because they're just they they're going to shoot at us all day long. Like, they're not going to come at us. So. Exactly, yeah. I mean, um, I've had a couple of battles with Tony where we've just stood, our infantry have stood apart and just fucking gone at it while the cavalry on either side just stuck in Malay and just doing their thing. Yeah, most a lot of those battles too are like have battles over on the flanks. That's where it's decided. And then the cav will come in and start trying to hammer the infantry, like get behind them and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I mean, uh, we've, I haven't done one of the, any of the big 30 year war ones yet, but. English Civil War is pretty much like that, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the only ones that I did with it too, with all good. But then, whatever, we stopped. I don't think John, I got the feeling John was into it. So I was like, all right, whatever. But it was cool for me because I could pretend I'm on vacation with my wife and actually secretly <laughs> playing war games. <laughs> I think you were actually on vacation. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I was on vacation. I'm sorry. You were pretending. Pretending to be paying attention yes. while I was actually yeah. playing war games. That's more like it. You know, that suits me because it's like ten minutes a day, I think, Max, and half That's time nice. I'm too fucking too half time I'm too brain dead to do anything thinking. So, yeah. Yeah. So you, Fair so enough. What you do like you're doing like shift work. That's correct. Yeah. So, 
And if I'm not working, the missus is working. So yeah, we're both shift workers. Fuck. And you've got you've got little ones, right? So you got to deal with them. Yeah, we've got three kids, uh, eight, seven, and six. So oh, busy Lord. times. I'd like yeah. to tell you that it's going to get easier, but based on my, it's not true. Not yet. <laughs> no. It's only yeah, going to get worse. We, we, we figured that. Yeah, it's all right. No, not for a while. Oh my god, I can't even talk oh my gosh. about the stuff that I have to deal with right now. Okay. So my daughter is sixteen and and thank God. Like the the things we're dealing with is call that person back that called you about a job. Like uh, other sixteen year olds I know are so much worse and, and and I'm so like everything else we're dealing with is 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 fine compared to just you know, just yes. Have it be nothing right now. We're dealing with trying to get a job. We're dealing with emotional drama between girls. Classroom. Yep. Where girls are like, like half girls have cell phones, and my kids don't have a cell phone. So like, all these kids, their parents basically are not supervising them at all. So these kids are getting exposed to stuff they probably should not be. Uh, exposed to at this age, so they think they're way older than they are. And have, so, it's just, have you guys set a time for that? Like a like an age? For we were gonna phone? say we were gonna say junior high for the oldest, but I'm thinking no. I'm thinking I'm, I, we might just. Well, I've got I I invested. Let's just say based on the recent things that happened in my household, I invested in uh, monitoring software for all the devices. So now it sends me reports on whatever they're doing. It blocks things. Uh, I can turn their devices off, uh, stuff like that. So I like with my, if I give her a cell phone, I'll get every text message she sends <laughs> received. She's, oh, she's, she, she apparently doesn't realize also that when I gave her her email, um, I, I have a client that downloads all of her email so I can read it all. <laughs> And let me tell you, like, all I can say is when I was 12, my parents probably did not want to read what I was thinking yeah, or telling my friends. Fair. And I do not want to, you cannot unsee some of these messages that these girls send you. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to, my daughter's asking for a phone. I'm like, no, not yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm really of the opinion. The only thing, reason we'd give her one is because it's a convenience for us as far as when we have wife has to pick her up and stuff from school but uh i see no reason for her to have one so i'm like the asshole dad basically he won't give them the phone basically so yeah my my worries with the boys i've got my, my daughter's the oldest so i've got two boys of seven and six and the only thing i've got to worry about them at the moment is just the shit they get up to fuck um they're just we, dumb we have, we have yeah, a, we, I'll, we tell have you, a I'll, I'll tell you dumb um, you know those little balloon pumps that you get, the little ones that just they just yeah. get, get them. Well, my boys thought it would be a good idea to stick it up each other's ass, <laughs> pump air into it, pump air into it, and then fart it out. They thought that was a fucking great joke. <laughs> oh my god, they're not wrong. <laughs> no, but yeah, still, like, I mean, fuck's sake, like where? <laughs> Like, how do you find out about this? That's like, what I'm wondering. How the fuck did they work that out? I didn't show them. <laughs> like, who caught them doing oh. it? <laughs> that was wow. that was the missus. The missus. Oh missus uh, they actually told the missus they were doing it. So, yeah. Oh, man. wow. Boys are dumb. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is the problem with girls at 12 is the girls are, are developing quicker than the boys. Mm-hmm. The boys are still Away. throwing rock trees and stuff and kicking and rolling around in the dirt. And the girls are like uh, thinking about romance and developing. And, and Kardashians. So and It's like yeah, fucking a nightmare, dude. There's so much drama. My daughter's turning into a tween already, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so that's what we're on full monitoring surveillance. Yeah, it's basically like the Stasi in our house. Like I'm, I'm monitoring everything that everyone does. I've got informants planted. I've got everything I need to get all the feedback that I need from. But the the crazy thing is, then I'll go talk to her, and she just lies right to my face. Like totally believable. If I was not surveilling her, I would believe her lies. And then I'm like, I know you're lying, but I can't give up my source, right? So yeah. That's tough. Yeah, it's crazy. So, hey. kids, it's wonderful. Good stuff. Yeah. Hey, yeah, so, they f- kids are awesome. So, there's, <laughs> there's there's this game called Fornalder, and uh, I want to talk about one small step ga- games. Uh, real mm. quick. Um, what is it called? One, uh, it's this is Fornalder. It's it's basically have you seen that game albion it's a uh i think they played it at aec con oh, last yeah, year it's, yeah. kind of, it's like a fantasy war game so one small step did uh pre-orders for Fernalder, which is a similar game except it's set in like scandinavia which i thought looked cool because it was like like you know it's like vikings and ogres and stuff so i was like all right you know i'm into, i can be into that but the problem was i paid for it in advance on pre-order and now they say that they're doing a Kickstarter in the summer. So now I'm kind of worried. Huh. Um, you know, I paid, I basically, I paid 63 bucks and then $20 shipping. Holy for shit. Game. Yeah. And uh, drunk buy. Obviously. 20 bucks shipping is actually a good price for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in Conus, that's not so great in Conus. But, yeah, true, true. But, but so... I was a little concerned. It's one of these things where I realized that at some point I needed to start tracking my pre-orders because I realized I was pre-orders without remembering that I pre-ordered them. Like when I saw the game come out, I was like, I think I pre-ordered this. So I did this thing where I had to go through all my pre-order box and then like put them in a pre-order folder so I could keep track of them all. So, cause I didn't want to really double order games by accident. And uh, so I don't know what the status is now. I mean, I paid up front for this game. And so I'm a little concerned with the Kickstarter, like what that's going to mean for me. Like what happens if the Kickstarter doesn't fund? Can I get my money back from them? Are they not? You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. I think theoretically they would, they would have to they price the levels at the same price or, or cancel the pre-orders and just do the Kickstarter. Well, then they have to refund me. Right. You know? So I'm kind of wondering, like, well, where did my money go? Hmm. You know, what, what's my money being used for? Yeah, I'm I'm done with them. After uh, I got the uh, Fall of Berlin, which was just fucking garbage. And then uh, No Trumpets, No Drums was ju- the, the rules. like, and, and they're both reprints. And, and the rules for both suck. Like, just misprints and typos everywhere yeah my, my problem is that i paid paypal right for and the you, for the game but paying up front for a pre-order what do you yeah, I, well, 
I, I, I think maybe if you paid with a credit card, maybe you don't have, they don't charge you. But if you pay PayPal, you have to. But uh, I'm not giving my fucking credit card mm. number to a small company like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not yeah. confident about, not that I have any reason to believe there's a problem with them, but I don't trust my credit card information with small companies as far as their security measures mm. or how they're going to guard my credit card information. So, so um, that was a mistake probably and not for them i mean it's not their fault but i probably should not have uh paid yeah. like that but whatever yeah because who knows when it's going to come out yeah he said basically we'll we'll get the pre-orders we'll get the game along with the kickstarter uh, funders but still i was kind of like concerned i shouldn't have done it but whatever it's too late to fucking reverse the charges so no you could you could just say hey i want to cancel my pre-order right so what they need refund yeah, why not? He'd fucking better. Yeah, I guess maybe I could just cancel it. And we have a community. We, we could. <laughs> we could start some shit if we needed to. Yeah, if only I had a voice in the wargaming community <laughs> that I could use. To... <laughs> but I'm, 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 I'm. Basically, I'm fine with it now. I'm just I'm kind of going to yeah, wait and the, see how the Kickstarter goes. When there's that like crossing of of the the, the platforms, it does get kind of weird. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it looks interesting, so I'm up for it. But I I want the game, so I'm going to kind of sit. I think where I'm at, but it did kind of unsettle me a little bit. Where I was like, maybe I shouldn't have done that, but whatever. We'll see. Yeah. So, uh, Jason, uh, what are you playing? Do you have anything you're playing right now? Not at the moment. My uh, we <laughs> so we did our floors a couple uh, months ago, and uh, left we left carpet in all of the bedrooms and then the like front entry room. And my wife almost immediately hated it, and so we 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 had them put the same flooring in that front room. So. Um, that's all torn up and the new flooring's in, but the, the installer did a really bad job. So I, I don't have any gaming space right now. So I am not playing anything. I had been um, kind of leading up to and a little bit after Donkey Kong, but, but currently I'm playing nothing. Uh, on Vassal, I'm playing uh, Liberty or Death, which is, which is going well. Um, I think we might might go the, the the full game on on that one, and then playing um, eighteen seventeen uh, a, a choo choo game, which I we're like a turn in, and I I think I'm already doing pretty poorly. But but you still love those railroad games. <laughs> I really do, and I don't know why. I so during my layoff, as I'm thinking about you know what do I want to do. There's the the uh, the BNSF railroad runs up and down pretty close to my house, and I think I want to work for a railroad. I don't know what the fuck I would do there, but but like first, I don't know why I romanticize railroads, but to me, like I, I want to go work at a railroad. So well, maybe I'm sure, maybe that's what I'm we'll sure doing. they have they have like data storage needs and. But that's not like what a, I do. <laughs> like, like, but you, what do you, do you design like, like data storage? Is it like servers and stuff? Or what do you do uh, exactly? I design physical stuff. So maybe I could lay out tracks. Are they still laying track? I don't know. 
Yeah, I think that all the track is there. I, I don't I think, think there's so. new track. I, I have <laughs> not seen saying. anyone laying any new track anywhere. Do, do I find efficiencies in, in you know, I, I don't know. But there's a romantic side of me, you know, like uh, going to sea. There, there's a romantic side of me that wants to go work for a railroad. I think you want to be an engineer and drive a train around. I think I want to, yeah. I want to wear the hat, although they don't wear that anymore. They wear like a life, life safety reflective yellow vest, and that's right. Yeah, they're just it's greasy the and way jeans. you're met. That's right. There's no you got the horn. You can blow the horn. I had a mate who was a train driver, and he spent most of his time. Took used to take a crate of beer with him, and he'd drink the beer on the when he was driving. Oh yeah. See? Now they smoke weed. They basically See? smoke yeah, weed and drive yeah, exactly. around. I could do both of those things. Maybe read a book. I don't know. You know that that doesn't. Every sound once so in a while, you you run over somebody, and then <laughs> post traumatic stress. You stop the train, hey, and you're off for a couple of days, probably. I've I've seen some death in my days. I, I've been in that counseling for for PTSD. So. Yeah, you can handle it. You could yeah. handle the occasional train casualty. That's right. Although, as I'm looking for work now, PTSD makes you disabled. So if you were once disabled, you're disabled. So I, I'm a preferred veteran and disabled because of my PTSD. So how'd you checking boxes for that? I'm, I know I'm killing it. Straight white male, but preferred That's veteran. Fair. That's good. Disabled. That's good. Yeah. We'll see. We'll yeah, see how I'm, that works I'm, out. I'm I'm doing uh, OCS with Pete. We're playing Sicily <laughs> Are two. we talking about games again? Thank you, Dave. Yeah, we're talking about get, games. Get Let's get back on track. <laughs> Literally back on the tracks. Yeah. All right. Choo choo. Uh, and so Pete is, um, I'm kind of showing Pete how OS works. So Pete's really enjoying it, I think. And he's kind of like, Pete keeps saying, like, why did I take so long to learn OCS? Like, why so did why, are, why are you guys playing so that play? instead of just playing ASL? Did he just want well, to play something different or? Yeah, I actually wanted to play something different. And uh, I hadn't, I had Sicily 2 and I hadn't like tried it yet. And it's a really good kind of starter game for OCS in the game because, yeah, they they made reluctant enemies, which I think they intended as their starter game for people. But it's not, I don't think it gives you a really I don't know I see it it doesn't really look like OCS to me. So uh, Sicily's kind of cool with landings and naval units and all sorts of stuff. So I have I have three OCS games and yet to play one. Yeah, and it's a really easy system to play, but especially when you're playing with somebody obviously who's played before. So with me, because I have some experience with it, I'm able to show Pete how to play. He just basically landed. Uh, he landed on Sicily with the, the U.S. and the Brits, and uh, the entire first landing of the first airborne from uh, the Red Devils basically all scattered and landed mountains were all dead. They all were slaughtered by Italians or they all died hung up on their parachutes. Uh, but Pete's making some progress, so it's good. It looks like it's going to be a good game. So we're kind of working our way through that. Nice. Yeah, my mission it, this year is to learn OCS because um, I've got, and I'm taking it to the Anzac Con, which we're playing. And I don't think any of us know how to play it yet. So yeah, it's a great. We have to learn before we play No, yeah, it. DAC is a great one. It's, it is kind of a, a one versus one type game, though. It's, it, it's not as suited for multiple players. Um, just because just the way the, the map is kind of laid out, you know, it's kind of like the action is usually only in one area, you know? Yeah. Where, yeah. yeah. But it's a great one. I've got DAC two. I, I think I, I've never played DAC two. I've had it for about 15 years. I only just recently punched it. So 
Yeah, so Pete's enjoying it. Like whenever we go through, when we're playing this stuff, I mean, OCS is actually very easy to play. I mean, the rules are very well laid out and uh, you can always find answers. Um, so, uh, and even though Sicily 2 does have a bunch of special rules because it's got landings and stuff like that. Uh, and there's rules for the, you know, there's a lot of scenario rules for Sicily in particular. Um, I think we're enjoying it. So Pete's getting a kick out of it. It's kind of a change of pace for nice. us. So. Nice. Yeah. And then I'm making a commitment to get back to Next War Korea. So Ralph mm. and I are playing Next War Korea. And uh, I'm the uh, US, the NATO forces or allies, and, and he's the DPRK. So um, I'm currently getting my fucking airfields hammered by scuds and shit like that. And uh, uh, it's good. I, I kind of want to learn that game again. Having watched them play it at Donkey Kong, I got kind of like motivated. Yeah. I got motivated to get back into it. So that's cool. But you know, the challenge is always like new every because every rule set is different, right? So it's like okay, in this game, it's plus one movement point to move in the zone of control. But then I play OCS, and it's not that way. And so you got to constantly have to go back and kind of relearn the rules when you start playing. For sure. Yeah, so that's where I'm at. I've got basically next war going on with Ralph, and then I've got OCS right now going on, on uh, Thursdays with it. So that's what I'm doing. And then I am. And those are field. both live, right? You're not you're not playing play by Fasting. email. You're playing live, right? So what what I thought we would do, I do with Pete, is we would play the first part live, and then you can actually do play by email once uh, the other guy kind of gets the hang of it, so he can kind of. Uh, you, you kind of have to learn the rules pretty well before you can start doing log files because otherwise sure. you end up screwing stuff up and it has to come back. And the other thing that I'm now looking at is I'm getting Vietnam 65 to 75 again. Mm. Oh, nice, nice. So, yeah. Who are you playing, the, playing that with? Well, I, I'm trying to get a physical copy of it right now. So it's just so funny because I'm like, this is I why can, you never- I can send it back to you. No, 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 no. I got I got, I got a line on one. Uh, I'm gonna, Pete's got an extra copy, so I'm going to get his extra copy. Uh, but well, I, I saw uh, Clay saying it. Clay Stone was playing yeah, I know. Like, oh, dude, it's so good. I actually picked that up here in New Zealand from a local seller who was selling it on one of our local email sites and other- auction sites and i thought it's like 30 bucks new zealand I thought, Fuck, Ooh, I've got to pick yeah it. yeah yeah that's a great price yeah. for that yeah so uh pete's gonna give me his extra copy so i'm gonna use ah, that but, love you but it, and again it's like i don't need the physical copy but something about it yeah, it's like i want physical yeah, copy again uh, i was looking at it as i was packing up my game shelves i was thinking man god god bless dave <laughs> that's so funny that's the first thing i gave you that was the <laughs> I first know. game <laughs> it was so sweet uh, but yeah, so now I'm kind of into Fields of Fire, and uh, that's nice. the game I'm going to talk about Okay, on this episode. Let's do that. So now we did it, what we did at, uh, at SwoleCon is we kind of uh, did like a, Mitch and I kind of walked uh, Jason through a little bit while guys watched, and we kind of just ran a couple like like practice games a little on the first scenario to kind of give guys the feel for it and clay stone was like oh yeah like he's like he immediately got uh into it and was like i gotta get this game like i'm gonna go buy it when i get back and so i think we got some guys interested in it like just kind of playing through it yeah i fucking love it it's a great game i've only played vietnam though 
Yeah, you jumped right into Vietnam. For me, that seemed, I guess the nice thing is you don't have to worry about the radios anymore. Like your radios will transmit anywhere. So That's exactly it. The communication's a lot easier, and, but all you have to worry about is the helicopters, more than anything else. Um, and they're, well, they're missing a few counters for a fucking start. But Yes, they are. Um, other than, <laughs> Which is, but, like, come on, get this out. fucking right. Uh. Yeah, but um, the, the actual helicopter rule aren't that hard just the first few turns you miss out on a lot of initiative turns just because that's if you don't get good draws for your flight leaders um you have to use initiative turns to move your the rest of your helicopters and but once you've landed you all you need is just one helicopter in the air basically just to revolve just in case you need to do medevacs or fucking ammo resups that's about it though yeah, the the cool thing about the Vietnam stuff with the helicopters is like in World War Two, you and basically the game is, uh, it's the Ninth Infantry Regiment, the Manchus, and they've got uh, World War Two, Korea, and Vietnam. So they've got like basically three campaigns, and the terrain decks are different for each campaign. And so with uh, Vietnam, with the helicopters, like in World War Two, you have to have like a casualty evacuation point, and your guys, your litter teams, have to take your casualties back to your casualty evacuation point, and then they get back. But but I guess in Vietnam, you can do an LZ, right, Rich, and just have your helicopters come in and medivac them out yep. of there. Yeah, you have to set up a medivac LZ which is a bit of a pain but yeah pr pretty much the, pretty much it yeah and that's like what like a tactical control like you just basically establish and then yes so when you do uh like the first mission you, you've got an lz already established use that, that but if you have to use another lz then you can set up a cool control and just pop smoke and shit like that yeah yeah so the way the game works is you you've got a set of missions it's like maybe like 10 missions campaign and so a mission might say like uh lay out uh, cards, terrain cards on the table, uh, like three across and five deep or whatever. And so then basically each card tells you like what is possible in that terrain, whether it has cover on certain sides, what kind of defensive bonuses it gives you, what kind of uh, cover is within the, like special cover is within the card and whether vehicles can move through the cards or, and I guess for the, the Korean Vietnam ones, it also tells you that's an LZ, if you can use it as an LZ, right? Yep, 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 yes. Right, so you might be like, during the mission, you might be like, I, this was not an objective of mine, but I want to capture this rice paddy because I need to use this rice paddy as an LZ to evacuate my casualties. So I'm going to try to take this LZ right now so that I can establish that LZ so I can evac evacuate my, my casualties. Yep, that sounds about right, yes. Yeah, so the downside of World War II is because your radios suck, Basically, the game way the game works is you've got terrain cards, so you lay out the map, and then you've got action cards uh, with you, with your uh, forces, and the action cards decide everything. Like you flip a card, and it says like if you're commanded, how many orders you get, or if you're initiative, how many orders you get, or it also generates random numbers for you or hits, or so the basically it's similar to combat commander in that it's diceless, and the cards are going to basically. Uh, generate all those uh, results and uh so it is tense though like when you hit so there's markers on the map and jason you probably experienced this when we played like you you 
you basically give your guys into areas where you think there's potential contacts and then you have to flip cards and if you uh don't get a contact you can just pick up that potential mm -hmm. contact to remove it but like when you're flipping you're like oh please don't get this please, contact yeah. like please oh, i really need this yes. Yes. you're like i need this to not be a contact and then when it's not you're like oh thank god and then when it is you're like oh we're fucked <laughs> my first goes for the vietnam mission i got because the PCs in the Vietnam in the first Vietnam all random, so you can just pick whatever you just just pick them around and put them down this card. I've right, because because normally they're A through C, with A being the worst, like the most yeah. dangerous, and C being the easiest, so, like A, B, or C. So Vietnam, it could you could theoretically have a real easy mission or a real canty mission, and the canty mission. I got four A's in a row. Oh Jesus all, Christ! And all of them were bunkers and trenches. So. You can get from one end of the map to the other end of the map without actually leaving cover because it's all trenches or fucking bunkers. And my men got fucking annihilated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you'll start off and like you'll move a platoon out and like then they get whacked and like like maybe the artillery gets dropped on them or they hit a minefield or something and then you're like okay well now we're gonna have to do it without that platoon like once a platoon gets completely smoked you're like okay and inevitably my platoon headquarters always get greased like they're always everybody else has survived the hits and then uh my platoon will just my headquarters will get smacked down yeah my, yeah my two platoon got lost its kiss in the one mission yeah so the interesting thing is so you're you're moving the guys and um one of the basic parts of the game is your guys will open fire when they see enemy and you have very little control over what they're going to shoot at so if an enemy pops up and it's within their line of sight you guys automatically shoot so uh I mean, you can order them to shift fire or cease fire, but basically if you order them to cease fire and they see bad guys, they're going to just immediately open fire again. So uh, it, it is kind of cool because you don't have control uh, over what they're shooting at, which which makes sense. You know, that's that's kind of mm -hmm. how it would be. Yeah. They're going to fire at enemy if they see them. So with your mission, Rich, do you want to describe real quick how it went when you when you did your uh, Vietnam mission? Uh, my boys landed, um, so I, I did the four platoons, because in Vietnam you can have a choice of um, your, your three infantry platoons and you've got a mortar platoon, and the mortar platoon you can have the option of having them just as a fourth infantry platoon, so they, they're without the mortars, so I used that, and uh, the first time, yeah, every time I moved, um, did the did the air assault, landed them in quite easily, but um, kept getting fucking A's, which sucked. And yeah, so get, getting bunkers and trenches. Um. I mean, there is some strategy to it, right? Because it's sometimes, the, a lot of times, the contact results are based on what your current engagement level is, right? So if, yes, you're, yes. if you're heavily engaged, it's less likely that your next contact is going to be uh, another active enemy unit. But you can get unlucky and have that happen to you you know yeah so there is, there is some game in it that way where you're like okay well now i'm going to try to trigger more potential contacts because i know i'm engaged and so i'm mm. less likely to have them be like if you have no contact and you hit markers you're much more likely for those those markers to be actual enemy so yeah, it was, kind of paces it that way yeah there was one part where i actually pulled back um one of my one of my squads because they they 
opened up a PC market and I got another fucking A, which ended up being another bunker with trenches. But I just pulled them back. So the the enemy left, but the bunker and the trench stayed there because that's what that's what the, the way the game works. So I still have to go back there and have a look again to see what's hap- what's there. Yeah, and the thing I like about the game too is it it you know it's one of those games where you can set it up and before you go to work you can like, like do a couple moves and see the results and then think about the results as you're at work and then come home and like do it you know the game just kind of sits there if you can leave it set up it sits there and it's you you can just kind of come back every need to it's kind of like it's the the pace of it is is you know because it's it's a solo game you you can kind of just leave it set up and and get back to it when you need to get back to it yeah definitely i mean the one when i played it um, the missus and kids went away for three days, so I had three days at home on my own. So I just sit up on the kitchen table and just hit it every night. I'd play up till the night time, and then I'd get come in the morning and just, wow, what's happening here? And it was it was awesome. Yeah, I I had the bad experience too. If I set up on my coffee table and I accidentally dropped my company headquarters counter on the ground, it got knocked off, and then my dog chewed it up. So I was like, and like, oh, literally, you are the company headquarters. I'm like, you couldn't show up like a fucking like marker or something that had to be like my company headquarters marker. So like, uh, then but Jack was nice enough to, to use this printer to make me a new company headquarters. Camera. <laughs> nice. Because I was like, what am I going to do? Because I tried to ignore it. I tried to use a different counter. But like, like I tried to use like yeah. my, my battalion S3 counter yeah. or whatever, but it still was pissing me off. I'm like, am I going to have to buy another copy of this fucking game so I can get like, it, I was almost tempted to like buy another fucking copy. Just well, get look, that one I, I had to make my own Vietnam fucking flight leader counters. It was pain in the ass. Oh, right. Cause they, the, for the helicopters, they need <clears throat> more counters, right? There's a couple more counters they need. Yeah, just the um, just the the leader activation ones. Um, I haven't got the flight leader ones. So, well, the annoying uh, thing too is they have some counters that they didn't need. Like they have a phase counter that is not used for anything, which could have that, been used for other things. That actually has come in handy because if you leave it set up at night, I've actually printed out the the back of the cover and laminated it, and I move that little counter every time I when I go through the turn. Right. So, so I have that counter on the actual phase. As I go through, see, I just, just so I know where, just so I know where I'm at. I just leave my tweezers pointing to the the face, like I put my tweezers down on it, and that's how I kind of keep track. Because you will lose track of where you're yeah, at, you know. Yeah. If you don't complete the turn, you're like. But the other thing that that's tricky sometimes too. So, um, basically, the way it works is the first thing you do is you check if it's not the first turn, you check to see if your higher had something that it wants you to do. So you just flip an action card and you see if there's if there's a little walkie-talkie on it, like a radio, then it says your company headquarters has something for you or your battalion, your higher headquarters has something for you to do. Um, and it might be something like, hey, you don't get in the artillery this turn or maybe they want you to advance. Um, but uh, the one thing that you got to kind of get used to is so your company headquarters gets activated, and then you get a certain number of orders for your company headquarters, and then you're going to use those. You can use those to activate like subordinate headquarters, like platoon headquarters. But it, because you have to work out a system to remember which platoons you've activated, because you pull for each platoon, then you will pull a card for them and activate that platoon and move it through all its stuff. Then you have to get the next platoon that you activate and do that. So you have to get used to putting those platoon markers somewhere or indicating somehow for yourself that you've activated those platoons. I turn one sideways. That's okay. what I remember. 
Right. So, so that way you can know, hey, this, this platoon, I, I haven't rolled for its orders yet, but it is going to get an activation. Um, so, and the, the World War II thing, the problem is, I don't know if it's this way for Vietnam, but all your leaders, except for your first sergeant, start out as green. So uh, they suck as far as orders. They're like a minus one for orders. Yeah, I think Vietnam, they're sort of a mix of, they're, they're a bit of a mix of green and veteran and um, experience. And in the campaign, your guys gain experience. So as you do things in the mission, like casualties or or killing units or whatever, gain experience points. And then at the end of the mission, you can then use that to build up your guys and you get new green replacements in. So some units can have their quality lowered by replacements, but you can also make guys line or veteran. So I finished after the fourth attempt, I successfully managed to get through the first mission. And then um, now I'm in the second mission. So a lot of my platoon guys and my company commander are now a line and not green, which has made things a lot easier for uh orders and stuff like that yeah yeah I mean, with vietnam you've got the any um veteran every i think every mission you've got to get rid of at least a couple of steps which is and guys get doing their tour and going, cool so. so they rotate out of country yeah that's interesting mm, yeah so i think it's every couple i think it's two or three steps per mission they rotate out so, yeah, that's a, real, that, that's a really cool rule. I'd like I said, I haven't even tried the career now, but that makes sense. I mean, that seems to be pretty sensible. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so when you're doing the missions, you've got a platoon headquarters, you've got a uh, company XO, you've got a company first sergeant. And so basically you can you can activate those guys. If they don't get activated, uh, then they'll, they'll basically do stuff based on their initiative. So after you do your activations, you're going to flip a card and the lower end number is uh, what they get for initiative. So, but sometimes even though it's lower, it can be better than what you were pulling for your, uh, your command activations. Um, the, uh, the advantage though of activating is you're always guaranteed to get at least an order. So it, you, you're never going to lose an order by activating a platoon headquarters. You're, but again, uh, Mitch and I didn't see that until like probably after playing it about four or five times. <laughs> you just let them, I just, I actually let them just build up for the first few turns, just the, the company. Right. So, yeah, because I think they get, they get one automatically, so I just let them build up after Yeah, that's, that's the strategy that I realized I was not doing. So one of the things you can do, like uh, Rich was saying, is uh, based on their quality, guys can save up orders up to a certain amount based on whether they're green or line or veteran. And like what the, I think what the uh, visibility conditions, like if it's daylight or that, whatever it is, there's some, there's restrictions. Uh, <clears throat> but yes, yeah, so um, it's, it's kind of interesting because I would kind of lunge in right away and end up with like very few orders and I'm kind of stuck in combat. But if you're smart, like rich, you actually keep your guys back in the assembly areas a little bit and build up your orders, like almost like you're planning an operation. And then, then you can move out and you have enough orders to do all that stuff. But of course I didn't realize that until like the fourth time. And the good thing about the XO and the first sergeant is they can actually activate platoons in the activation six segment. So if your CO doesn't get many commands, you can use your XO and your first sergeant to activate platoons at the same time. Which is quite handy. See, I thought I thought that only I thought the way the turn sequence worked is is your company headquarters then it can activate platoons. I didn't realize that the XO and the first sergeant could activate platoons. I thought that was all in the same phase. No, as long as they're in 
contact they can activate. Yeah, so in that little activation phase, you can activate either staff or platoon commanders. So that they can't, the, the staff can't activate platoons in their initiative segment, but they can activate platoon command, platoon HQs in that first initial segment. Like when they're, if, they're, if they've been basically given command, they've been activated themselves. Yeah, so it's basically like the CO saying, could you, to the XO, could you tell first platoon to go do this shit? Yeah, and so the challenge for World War II is you have a choice of whether you're going to use field phones or whether you're going to use radios. So field phones basically means your guys actually leave like phone lines behind them as they're moving. And uh, the downside is that like artillery or something drops, it can cut the phone lines. Um, you send a guy back to, to go repair the phone line. The, the radios are would seem to be better, but because they were those shitty, as Claystone calls them, the GI Joe uh, radios <laughs> that you would have to talk like a phone radio, you you uh, have to be able to have line of sight to a guy to communicate by radio, which is a fucking in the ass. Because if your guy goes into cover, like he goes maybe like in a card, you might have a certain amount of the card will tell you how many pieces of like micro cover it can have, like buildings or that your guys can hide in. But once he goes into a building, then your platoon headquarters can only command the guys under that cover with him in the building and you can't give him orders anymore and, until your company commander goes under the, the cover with him fucking so and it, again the the biggest problem with the game is when you're reading through the rules there's it's a paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs and they you you really need to read the rules several times to realize that oh shit i was doing that wrong because it took me like two plays where i realized that oh shit like i can't command these platoon headquarters when they go undercover or stuff like that i didn't realize that yeah 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 and he it kept that playing the rules make a lot of sense when you when you play so if you do the sequence of play properly the rules make a lot of more sense than just and in, but, in but there is a lot of like it's not always clear where to find stuff like a, a, a rule that's important will be mentioned as a sentence in a paragraph describing something else right so like oh I, fuck you. yeah i didn't realize oh shit when i call in an incoming fire on the enemy with artillery then that guy can't see out of that hex anymore which is really huge because it means if a guy's pinning your guys down and you call artillery on him then he stops shooting at your guys and then they can move, you know, they're not under fire anymore. And like, that was just mentioned like as one sentence in like a paragraph about incoming yeah, fire. Yeah. And I was like, now the rule fuck. They really do. Yeah. The rule, I mean, the rule book sucks. The, the game's brilliant, but the rule book is pretty shot. Yeah, it is. It is a really cool game. And like, so there's basically, and the other problem you have when you first start playing is there's like 40 different orders you can give. So, and Jason experiences. So you sit down and you're like, now what? Like, okay, I've spent, yeah. I've spent an hour allocating all my uh, assets to different platoons and deciding which uh, uh, colored smoke I'm going to give to got what guys and blah, blah, blah. And now I don't know what I should do. Like, what's the first thing I should do, you know? And, and even talking about, yes, if you follow the sequence of play, but there's still stuff that, that's not listed or that's kind of like outside of the flow that you have to refer to um, that kind of screws that up. It needs something that's just kind of step by step for for each 
thing because it is a great game and it's a lot of fun. But if you miss those small rules that are that are very easy to miss, it, it can affect the the greater the greater game. Yeah, two rules that I missed consistently in the beginning were that the the first one I mentioned, whereas if you give uh, if a platoon is activated, it does get a minimum of one order, no matter what your draw is. Like that is mentioned very casually at some point in the in the rules. The other one that I I missed was um, that on initiative, staff company staff get one order. They don't get the initiative draw. Like you don't pull a card for them, right? Like no, no, just one draw. Just but one. like. Yeah. But when you look at the so if you look using the the back of the the rules, which thank God it's back there, that back of the rules that gives you the sequence, it doesn't say that. So it would have been nice if they said, um, like, company staff get one order, you know, on that section. But they don't. They just say basically this is when they they do initiative. So it's easy to assume. Oh, I'm going to get to pull cards for those guys, but that's not true. That's not how it works. No, no, true. Yeah, so so the game's cool. Like I had, a, I have a mission now that I'm running where my guys are. Uh, I have a big giant hill at in right in my area that has a, a church steeple and a village, and the village basically starts to flow down into the valley. And so it's very important because then you're going to pick your objectives that you're going to go for. You can select your objectives, and uh, it might say you have to clear out all the potential contact markers and capture your two objectives by the end of the game. So it'll tell you, like, you've got 10 turns to do that. So sometimes guys will say okay i captured my objectives on turn seven i've cleared out all the contact markers so now i'm done right and it's like no you have to hold that objective those objectives for three more turns <laughs> because the enemy will sometimes counterattack. yes the, the engine will generate a counterattack because the enemy gets higher headquarters orders also and once a counterattack starts then it's a completely different set of stuff that's going to start happening to you so you still have to hold the objective and they're more they're more effective the fewer enemy units are on the map right so yeah right and the other kicker is because you're you when you set up the initial map that you have you have to set up boundaries so you have a, a furthest line of advance you have uh, left and right boundaries so you cannot move past those boundaries but um, it's possible that contacts will pop up that are actually off the your area of operation so they can shoot at you and you can shoot at them but you cannot move there so you might have guys that are off map shooting at you basically off your area that you can move to it so it really did kind of feel right because i remember when i platoon leader the big thing in the u.s army was always once you take the objective the first thing you got to do is consolidate on the objective right and so you have to dig in and that's kind of what you do in this game like you capture that objective not like oh now we're just going to sit here Re immediately your guys you're like get undercover like let's find cover on this objective and you start trying to get your guys to kind of dig in and get ready for a potential counterattack. yep that's exactly the that's exactly the same as it was with us p2 yeah so um rich have you done any of the patrol missions not yet no yeah, so I think the, what are the missions like? You're restricted, right? You don't get as much. Is it you don't get as much initiative orders, or there's there's restrictions, right, on patrols? Yeah, because I think it's usually a turn at a time, so I don't think you get as many orders or something. At all. Yeah, there's something like you, you get half the number of orders on initiative. Yeah, so so I mentioned that you're going to activate your platoons. Um, 
And so then, then your platoon leaders can act on initiative if debated. Then you have what's called like general initiative, where you basically they're there you can get like a couple orders where guys can just do whatever they want they don't even have to be in command so sometimes you're like okay i'm just gonna i just need to get a general initiative order and i'm gonna re rely on that to to move this machine gun into position so it can open fire and then you flip the card and it says like zero initiative orders you're like motherfucker, are you kidding me <laughs> <Yes>. like <laughs> it's fucking so annoying but yeah so um it it's it's very cool. You definitely have to end up having to like kind of you want to spread your guys out because you can get bonuses for having crossfire on the enemy. Uh, in World War II, you're running into snipers, you run into 88s. Uh, I haven't had any scenarios where I had vehicles, but they have vehicles also that you can use. Um, yeah, I think Viet it's just a great game. Vietnam, they can actually generate enemy can generate on the same card, which is fucking scary. Right. So so that's. Yeah, so that's the interesting thing about Vietnam. World War II, like, basically, I'm I'm complaining about World War II, like, oh, my, this fucking sucks because my radio sucks. But the nice thing about World War II is my forward observer can sit back there on a hill with the company headquarters of the XO, and I can have my mortar section back there, and they're dropping mortar rounds on people. In Vietnam, you actually might have to leave guys back to protect your company headquarters because those fuckers will come in and just fucking overrun your headquarters. Yeah, they can pop up anywhere. Um, one good thing about Vietnam is that you've always got a lot of firepower at hand for like um, air, air support and, and artillery. There's always a shitload of it. Yeah, so so generally in the beginning, what you're going to do is you've got a you've got a couple platoons and like like Jason's situation, you're staring at the map and you're like, okay, um, what so. So you'll a lot of times what you do is you'll form up little assault teams and you'll send them out to go like kind of prowl and and find the enemy and uh, you don't really want to. Anytime I've seen guys try to rush a whole platoon into a heck into a not a hex but a a, a, a terrain card, inevitably the platoon gets completely shredded. Yeah, it turns to shit. Eh? <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, it, it it is a very cool game. I think the. The system is cool. The engine really runs. It's probably the best solitaire engine I've seen for how it generates combat. Um, and it's very challenging. I mean, it really will make you think about what you have to do and what you're trying to achieve and how you're going to do that. Um, but, man, it, it, there is a lot of rules overhead. It is definitely complicated. And it is not helped by the amount of errata that is around. I mean, they've got errata from the first edition that hasn't been fixed into the second edition and then the second edition added more rata on top of that. Yeah. I found that when I was looking at my, uh, mortars, when I was trying to fire my mortars and I'm like, it says basically like, uh, a unit can spot for the company mortars if it's command them or something. And, uh, I'm like, well, the platoon headquarters can call for company mortars, but it's not commanding the company mortars. And then later later on somebody said well ben hall later said that yeah whatever they can call for it doesn't matter i'm like well that's not what the rule says <laughs> the rule clearly says they have to be in command of them but uh i guess sometimes you just have to say hey this makes more sense to do it this way so that's how we're going to do it i mean they added like um urban terrain cards to the to the rules which is like for for later on for battle of Hawaii and vietnam and shit for for fields of fire too and they've added it to the first edition, which has confused the shit out of a whole lot of people. Right, that's right, because it's kind of like a special type of terrain card that's not even present yeah, yeah. in the game. Yeah, yeah. But, the, but then they've added, like, 
for down below they put amphibious rules and they put these will be added into for Fields of Fire too. So why don't they fucking add the other ones? The other ones? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I saw a guy. It's, it's weird. You, you know it's bad when you look on the BGG site for a game and there's like 440 rules questions. Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, like in the forums, yeah. it's like there's yeah. a lot of rules questions. But some of them are obvious. Like some of them are like, you know, I, I'll look and be like, oh, I knew the answer to that. But, you know, there are questions that come up that are, are pretty good mm. questions. But, but yeah, I, I, my, when I when I play, if I can't find a rule question within five minutes, I just think fuck it and just play whatever I, I think it will be right. It's right because you're, you're only playing yourself, so who gives a fuck? Right, so, and that that's how we do ASL too. Like yeah. when we're playing an ASL, if we, we can't find it within five minutes, and I are like, let's just do what we think would make sense, and that's how yeah, exactly. we do it. we'll look it up later. Yeah. So I just look it up later. Yeah. So I yeah. do I do the rule, and then I think, uh, and half the time I'm actually what makes sense is actually the rule. So it's not. It's not genuinely too bad. Yeah, so you, so you move all your guys. You got all your guys moved, and everything's done for your turn. And then you're going to go, and then you're going to check on enemy activity. So they've got charts that basically decide the the uh, potential contacts that you've already re resolved. They're, they're going to place usually place enemy units on the map, like what Rich was talking about, where he's got guys in bunkers and trenches that are shooting at them. They're going to pop up. Sometimes you've spotted them. Sometimes you haven't. Um, but so you have to check on an enemy activity chart that takes into account what the enemy's orders are. Like if they're on defense, they might be like deliberate or hasty or whatever. Or if they're on offense, it'll say what kind of offensive orders or if they're like a, a pinned unit or something like that. And so you kind of, again, pick random numbers based on what their situation is. And, uh, that decides like kind of how the enemy reacts. So even once the enemy pops up, the enemy can still move around or throw a grenade at you or, you know, uh, try to concentrate fire on you. There's a lot of different things that can happen. Um, once you get through the enemy activity, then you get down to kind of like combat resolution where then you figure out basically anytime someone's shooting at you, you're going to put uh, a volume of fire marker on your target and the, all the target hexes based on what's shooting. Like maybe it's a heavy weapon or maybe it's automatic weapons. And uh, then you resolve hits on all those guys that are in those enemy and friendly alike and uh then you go down to the end and basically you 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 run through the turn again then way through and then and when guys move they're exposed um so it's a way to mark that they've moved and it's also a way to to indicate that they're going to have greater penalties they're easier to hit because they're exposed so um but yeah i think it's really cool so this one is ninth infantry regiment it's fields of fire second edition the next one i think is going to be marines right yep 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 and that's uh is it palelu yes palelu yeah. and way and and way uh yeah, yeah way. and and the chosen reservoir in korea i think oh uh, yeah that's fucking great i mean way is gonna be Jason, yeah. you need to practice up on this i know so you i can do that i know that's why is gonna be fucking awesome uh, yeah you're gonna have on toss and all sorts of shit out mm -hmm. yeah on toss and stuff yeah well, that's obviously why they have the the urban rules, right? Because way mm -hmm. they're gonna have like fucking tons yeah. of urban shit. Because yeah. in that one, I think you can have different buildings and like crossing streets and stuff. There's different rules for that. Yeah, I mean, I think Card's got like five different locations or something. I've seen the I've got mock-ups or something on one of the sites. 
Yeah, so so the cover the way the cover kind of works is your guys get a bonus for being in a particular hex or hex a particular card that might have cover, but you can actually find terrain on the cover card that gives you extra. So you have to uh, give your guys an order like find cover, and then they find it. And if it sometimes it's in like a town, they might find a building that's a good building, but you have to roll. So you're like, yeah, fucker, get in a building. But instead, they end up hiding in a ditch. You're like, motherfucker, like <laughs> why wouldn't you go into the building? like why are you in the ditch so yeah i think i think why he's got like uh it's got street on the outside and then you got by uh, inside it's depending on you got a compound and outside the building and inside the building so there's like four different five different locations or something That's yeah probably cool. tanks and recoilless rifles and all sorts of shit that you can fire and mm -hmm. uh and i think the palelu one has caves right the japanese have caves and yeah, I think they yeah. do amphibious landings and all shit as well. So you've got beach landings and stuff like that. So that'd be quite cool. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So I think this, what does this sell for? Like 65 bucks? Like 60, 65? That sounds about right. right. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's great. I think uh, as far as a solo game, especially if you don't have somebody who can play face-to-face -face with you, this game is just awesome. Like yeah. you're going you're gonna to really... Uh, really enjoy it but you just have to be prepared to spend the time it's not one that you can do in my traditional style where you're like hey let's just throw it down and start fucking playing through it and then we'll figure out the rules you cannot play this game that way like no you've got it i thought you've got to be reasonably sober too yeah, yeah it takes some study because even as mitch and i were demoing it we were fucking like no no that's not the way that like we were like correcting each other <laughs> as we're playing you know like like no no you got to do this or because it's easy to like if like if you got a guy who's shooting at you with a machine gun and then you pin him he was putting machine gun fire on you automatic weapons fire but now it's pinned fire which is less bad so mm -hmm. the volume of fire changes as the as the units get affected by other fire so there's all this triggering that goes on between different units shooting at each other and opening up on each other and like sometimes you might want to run into an objective hex but you can't because your guys are shooting at that that or objective card but your guys are shooting at that card and you're trying to get them to stop firing so that your guys can actually move on to the objective so so yeah i i think it's great i give it a 10 for fun it's the best i think it's the best solo game i've played um the the caveat is that it's going to require quite a bit of uh rules uh, reading and uh, but man, it's fucking crazy. You will get pissed off at these fucking cards. <laughs> like, like literally, I'll they'll, the enemy will have the shittiest shot at me, like like a plus four shot, and I'm flipping cards for all my guys. Okay, miss, miss, miss. I get to my platoon headquarters and I flip that one card that's like a hit on every fucking result, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but. But then your first sergeant has to run out there and tell someone, hey, you're the fucking platoon. Get it done. It's a... I, yes. actually found, I actually found I didn't read the rules as much. I just watched a couple of couple of the whole sequence of videos, and I've just basically browsed through the, through the rule book. Watching the videos, you learn so much just watching people other play. That is true, but I'll tell you, even watching the videos, I'll be watching them. I'm like, that's wrong. Like what that guy yeah. did was just wrong. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. my like, that's my problem yeah. is yeah, like that doesn't sound right to me. Yeah, I'll see the guy do something, or he, he like pulls up a CPC marker and he rolls it like it's an A. I'm like, nope, that's not right. What you just did was not, you know. So it's hard because it's there's just a lot of stuff that you can get wrong. Yeah, you got to remember a lot of shit in, in sequence too, which can be a bit of a pain in the ass. 
So, so Rich, you're telling me that so a, a company XO and a first sergeant they can activate platoons if they've been activated themselves. Yes, okay. only in the only in the activation sequence, not the further down. Right, they they have to have been activated. Right. Yes, and yep. that same. So, because they sent they sit, share that one sequence phase with the platoon headquarters. So, if they've been activated, they can in turn activate a platoon. Yeah. So, if you've really yeah. got an XO, if, if your current mm -hmm. command has got one command and your XO has got like four, you could activate your XO, yep. and your XO could activate your platoons for you. So, so in, the, the in the blind okay. game that Mitch Mitch is running, I'm the XO, and Rex's platoon got wiped out. Rex included, so I went and took charge. So I'm still being activated in the activation sequence as basically a platoon leader, and then I think I still get the XO activation. Something mm, like that. I don't know if I sure still get all. it. <laughs> Rich is like, yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and it might be. I, might, right, be, I right. might be speaking out of turn, but I am being activated during the activation phase, yeah, not fine, during yeah. the, yeah. Yeah. So the one cool thing too we were talking about doing at AACCon is Mitch and I were talking about doing like a uh, three-player uh, game of Fields of Fire where each player is adjacent to each other from left to right, and we're all running a mission. That'd so, be cool. That'd be cool. So as units open up, you might trigger a guy that then pops up in another guy's area. And, and so you would tell your your neighbor, hey, take out that fucking 88, dude. That fucking 88 is killing me over here. Like you got to – so – you you can put that kind of pressure on like you can actually shoot into your partner's uh map but you can't leave your map so your guys but your guys can assist your your sister companies on either side by uh, giving them supporting fire yeah that'd be cool eh? that'd be fucking cool like you'd be like you need to advance dude because i'm i'm ahead and i'm getting hammered on the flanks by your guys by your enemy that you're supposed to be fucking up so that would be awesome yeah so we'll probably we'd like to try that but we'll see like most things that that doesn't always work out <laughs> so so yeah i would say this game is low beers um unfortunately though if you don't care if you're playing it right i guess high beers that's fine so, yeah I mean, who's, who's gonna know all you're doing is playing yourself so who gives a fuck right it's like masturbating right you're by yourself so no one's gonna judge how you do it You guys are like, no, that's there's only one way to do it, Dave. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so I would say think. so I'm giving it a ten and I'm probably giving it like two beers because I don't think you could I, I don't think I yeah, could. Yeah, that sounds right. to me. Two beers sounds good, yeah. Jason, do you got a game that you want to talk about? Um, I do, but it's a little bit too close to Fields of Fire. So I'm gonna I'll I'll wait for next time. And I'm way drunker than i expected to be at this point oh, are you really i've had six negronis i i can speak but i can't uh recall and i don't have notes and what i don't even have the, the game give us a teaser what's the, the, name of the game? uh it's called rifles in the ardennes and it's uh one uh it's not it's a uh, tiny battles which is affiliated yes. with flying pig the the new mark herman companies um it's a it's a solo game designed by the guy who designed space infantry and it's very bland and generic and it's very simple which means i love it and and that'll be a tease for next time i'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it next, next podcast
Yeah, that's a great review bullet. Bland and generic. I love it. <laughs> bland, bland maybe is not fair. It's generic and simple. So are either of you guys going to go see the new Star Wars movie? My son saw it last night, and uh, I almost disowned him. He said it's one of the best. It's one of his favorite Star Wars movies. Oh, man. And, uh, so he, he liked it. He saw it at midnight with... Uh, my wife's dad. These kids don't know though. You know, like, I know. I my know. kids liked uh, the the first new one that came out when I was like, Ugh. yeah. How the, only good, the only good one I've seen so far has been that Rogue One. That was yeah, Rogue other, One's other good that, stuff. Did you guys? That, did yeah. you guys see Last Jedi? Yeah. Yes. Um, can we talk about Last Jedi a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about okay. that movie? Yeah, go on. So there's a sequence, right, where um, basically the spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've seen Last Jedi, go see Last Jedi. First, first of all, I thought Last Jedi was a fucking horrible movie. I thought it was terrible. But I have wow. a guy who works for me who loves Star Wars. I so really enjoyed it. He dreads when I go to Star Wars movies because <laughs> literally, I came back from watching the movie, and uh, and by go, I mean I watch it on Plex. But anyway, so I. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Justin. I, I was, uh, he literally laid down on the floor. He was upset. <laughs> I was critiquing the movie. At so, work? Yeah, at work. Wow. He was laying on the ground. Um, so Did you stop scene. on him? No, I just kept oh, okay. going. I would not stop talking <laughs> about it. So there's a scene where um, in the beginning, basically, you have a fleet, right? The, the rebel fleet. And I'm going to, I might call them, I don't know what, what are the bad guys called? The first order or something? First order. Yep. First order. Okay. So the first order fleet, it's traditional, like we have star destroyers and we're going to be going up against the rebel fleet. And then the big uh, dreadnought shows up, right? They have this big first order dreadnought and all the, the Imperial guys, or I'm going to call them Imperial, whatever. Um, yeah. Same they're, difference. they're all super yeah. excited. Like, they're all super excited because they're like, oh yeah, our fucking dreadnought is here. Our dreadnought is going to fuck these guys up. Right. And so it's got these giant cannons on it because it's a fucking dreadnought. And like any Imperial piece of equipment, it, it then starts, it has to warm up for about 20 minutes, <laughs> right. To fire. And you know, it's warm yeah, and you can't do it, that while you're in hyperspace. Cause, cause right. that would, that would break the plot. That's right. So it's, it's warming up and you can tell it's warming up because it's guns are starting to heat up like a car cigarette lighter. <laughs> right. So, so they're like, Oh, here it comes. It's going to shoot. So, so basically the, the rebels are like, Oh, we're going to fuck up this, this, uh, dreadnought because it's the one thing that is going to like kill our fleet. I guess, I guess the star destroyers aren't capable of killing a, a rebel <laughs> fleet of like four ships. Right. So, uh, so basically this thing's heating up, it's warming up like a, like a, like I said, like a, a cigarette lighter. And, uh, so they attack it with their fighters and there's this, first of all, this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. Like it had that stupid scene. Like, did you like the scene where the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the kissing fighter, no, the fighter captain is like talking to the the dreadnought or the star destroyer commander the admiral yeah, the and he's pretending like he's not, yeah, okay, yeah, he's yeah. Like, it's like a skype thing like a skype, <laughs> they can't connect with each other and i'm like oh my god a, what are they yeah. doing a little much so the fighters are going to come in and the, the idea is 
they're going to attack and knock out, they're trying to knock out all the anti-aircraft defenses on the dreadnought, right? So, um, and the reason they're doing this is why, Jason? Why do they want to knock out all the anti-aircraft defenses on the dreadnought? So they get, they can, they can get close. With what? With the, the bombers. Right. So they're bombers. They have these bombers. So the bombers come and right away everyone's like, oh no, the there, there's the bombers. These things look like golf tees. Like they're, they're the, they're, they're, and they're, 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 oh, that's right. yes. they're yeah. so fucking slow. They basically look like exclamation points as they're moving and they're like, and they're moving towards the dreadnought. My first question was, where the fuck did these bombers yeah, come from? It's a terrible like, idea. It, it's taking so long for them to get to the dreadnought. Like, I'm like, they could have seen these things coming from fucking like miles away. And suddenly they're like right next to the dreadnought. Here they come. And so these bombers are like, moving towards the dreadnought. And the dreadnought's like, oh my God. Then they're like, scramble the fighters. Really? Now you're going to fucking scramble the fighters? So the, the fighters come out and they start, the Imperial fighters start shooting down some of these bombers. Meanwhile, the bombers are creeping. Luckily, the dreadnought was designed with a giant hole in the middle of it mm -hmm. that's perfect for dropping thousands of bombs into. It's an imperial Some design at its, right. at its T. That's right. Somebody forgot, apparently, to close the maintenance hatch on the giant fucking uh, <laughs> nest hole in the dreadnought, oh. right? So... And the fighters are like fucking up the bombers. They are like blowing the shit out of all these bombers. And uh, but one bomber manages to get over this hole. And I I don't know if the dreadnought can't move. I don't know what what's going on. Why it can't get away from the bomber. But uh, there's this whole scene where the, the bomb bays open, and the uh, the bombardier for the bomber is like she's injured or something she falls the the bombardier gets killed i guess so the pilot has to go back and try to so but the problem is the i like fucking, how you're treating star wars like a, like a world war ii documentary so the trigger for dropping the bombs right this is modern this is modern life right is it fucking remote control it's hey, a fucking remote control it, it was a long with, time with a ago button on it this to be fair, it was a it. long time ago. So, it, it, like, like heaven forbid they fucking lose. I can't even find the remote in my own house. Like, you have to use a fucking remote control to fucking do this. Like, and it, and so, like, when you're trying to drop the bombs, you're like, it's not dropping. Oh, I've got it set on DVD. That's what but it's fuck. so I gotta... dramatic. So she's kicking, kicking, kicking. She finally yep. gets the remote to drop. She somehow catches it. She presses the button, and what happens? Boom! Well, in the hole. Yeah. The bombs start to drop. Of course. Except, what's the problem with that? It's They're in, in space. space. They're in fucking space. They, they have little jets on them. Oh, okay. They do because <laughs> it doesn't look like they have them at all. It literally looks like all the bombs drop. They all fall into the dreadnought. And of course, the dreadnought's then blown up. And the, then, yay, we're saved. So then there's this whole, the whole premise <laughs> of the story is that they're now being pursued and this the star destroyers somehow cannot catch up to the rebel fleet but they can't 
hit the rebel fleet enough, they don't have the dreadnought anymore. So there's a scene where this starfighter captain, Laura Dern, plays like the worst character I've ever seen in any fucking Star Wars movie. Yeah, she's and she, pretty bad. And I like she, Laura Dern. And it, yeah, so she wears a, like a purple dress and she's got purple hair. And I guess that makes her like an alien or something. That's She's got her hair dyed. And so she's basically telling, she dresses down this fighter captain and it's like, He's like, well, we want to do this. She's like, oh, like that great mission you ran where you killed all of our fighters. And he's, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, like you mean the one where they killed the dreadnought where. Right. Military. Would, yeah. Which if like they hadn't done that would defeat the whole purpose of the movie. Like the, if he hadn't destroyed the dreadnought, <laughs> the dreadnought would be fucking destroying. All. Like I was like, it doesn't even make any sense that you're mad at him for that. Like the dreadnought would have just shot all the fucking ships and destroyed them. So, so as a Star Wars fan, I've realized that I don't have to think about that stuff to enjoy a Star Wars movie. It doesn't have to make a lot of sense for it to be cool and, and fun. So right, I don't okay. worry about that. I don't worry about like, oh, Luke wouldn't do that or... No, I'll give you the technology part of it. I'll, I'll even say hand-waving, okay, maybe the bombs were like rocket-powered bombs or something sure. that all fall, or magnetic bombs, so they're going to fall down or whatever. So, and, and Leia floating through space. That's is, right. Is, right. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's okay. cheesy. So then, how about this? So then, uh, so basically, they the, the premise is that the Imperial fleet is chasing the rebel fleet, and they've got this tracker so if they try to go into hyperspace they'll be tracked by the that's the whole thing the first order is really giddy about the fact that they've got this tracker that they can track the rebel fleet so they can't just jump into hyperspace and escape right mm -hmm. so and then there's this stupid premise that only one of the star destroyers has it of right course. it's the right because that gives them a mission where they can go to that star destroyer and try to fucking disable it you wouldn't save as that file anywhere so so why wouldn't the ships just all jump into hyperspace to different planets there's five of them they're a fleet What's, they have to stick together they can't go <laughs> separate directions if hey i i played seventh fleet there's 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 an obvious advantage to sticking together in, in seventh fleet Maybe that maybe they had that same CRT. Okay, so then let's go to the scene where the 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 uh, the animated puppet evil guy is talking to uh, Ray, <laughs> and uh, what's the other guy? You skipped uh, over the whole casino scene. Which oh, is, I'm not even which is yeah. the worst scene of the movie. Oh my god! No, yes. no, this is the this is the worst scene I think. And I like so, the movie, but that that casino stuff is. So what's the what's the guy's name? Ren, Tylo Ren, or whatever. What's his name? The Ky Kylo, Kylo, Ren. Ky Kylo, Kylo Ren. Ren. So uh, he's talking he, to Snoke. They're in. Okay, they're talking to you, Snoke. You remember which, when Gersh was on? We talked about be, Snoke. Could over be there. Gersh's. <laughs> <ex -wife. laughs> so they're talking to Gersh's ex-wife, and uh, so there's these guards, right? And then they're red uniforms. These like are super like Jedi type guards, right? With their they've got their lightsaber weapons, and basically these guys are really intimidating because like every time uh they make a move or anything to threaten snoke these guys are like they're ready like these guys are like uh, every time they they kind of threaten them so you're like these guys are on their fucking game until um there's a lightsaber next to snoke and she uses it to fucking kill uh snoke right spoiler alert snoke he dies 
Oh, was it Kylo Ren? Whichever one did it, using yeah. their force. So he uses it to kill Snoke. So these fucking great guards that were on super alert the whole time, everything they're doing, suddenly like, oh, snap, they just killed their boss. <laughs> like, they're like, what the fuck? It's like, what the fuck were you guys doing this whole time? Like, And then they're like, oh, well, I guess we got to fight. <laughs> I was like, you guys were so alert the entire time. And then they're like, oh, man, that just happened. It looks like they just killed their boss, man. It was so stupid. So now we go to the final scene. So the rebels are going to escape. And their escape plan is uh, they're going to use their, their main fleet as a distraction while they all uh, send their ships off to a planet that's nearby where they're going to hole up in a fort and basically wait for the uh, first order to come and attack them. That's their whole strategy to get away. They're going to just land and hold up in this base. And I'm not going to get into the fact that there's a way out of the back and no one ever even tried to recon to see if we could get <laughs> out of here. Is there another way out or anything? They're We're just in the fort. Overrated. So then there's the big scene where Luke Skywalker is fighting with Kylo Ren. Right? Or in is front he? of uh Right, exactly. So and and also like I love the the imperial tactics that they use where they basically land far away, they get in the adats, yeah, and that's always just walk the, yeah. the adats yeah. towards. That's yeah. so. You've got to have that. Got to have that dramatic build up. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. No infantry support. No. Nothing. Just went to adats. In fact, there's there's a, there's a part where they crash like basically at the foot of the adats, and the adats are just like, oh well, like they can't do anything. They just keep walking because there's no infantry down there. So I guess the. The idea is they'll walk up to the door, they're gonna their infantry, and then they'll attack. Maybe that's the strategy. So Kylo Ren gets in a big battle with like kind of a combat with Luke, quotes, uh, in quotes. And uh basically Kylo Ren ends up being made an ass out of because it turns out that Luke is not really there. He's he's fooling Kylo Ren. So in the fight, and it's like the whole thing, I was just thinking like these poor uh, Adat guys are just watching Kylo Ren, right? <laughs> and so in the end, are they like? It's almost like they'd be like, uh, "Should we be watching this? Uh, does anybody want to get like? Uh, this is kind of embarrassing. Like, <laughs> wouldn't it be like we shouldn't be like we can't watch anymore? Like, what's going to happen to us? Like, he's being watched by like the entire First Order army getting humiliated by Luke Skywalker. You know? Yeah, I think that's and, fair. And then. They get into the Million Falcon and escape. Because Star Wars. Right, because Star Wars. In in spite of the fact that the uh, Imperial fleet fucking blockading the planet. No, nope. they get Star away. Wars. Millennium yeah, Falcon. Right. Star Wars. The Falcon goes anywhere, mate. You should know that by now. You should know that by now. There's that's a it. Kessel run and there's Parsecs. Yeah, that's right. That's that's basically my assessment of the movie. I was just watching it like there were so many scenes. It seems like, like you watched it recently. I, I probably watched it like two months ago. You just have a really good memory. Well, I took notes afterwards <laughs> <laughs> because I was because I wanted to go in and rag on my <laughs> guy who works with me. But like it, the whole premise of the movie is just unbelievable. And like I, I think I think they all are. I think that's part of it. Is it's all kind of dumb and unbelievable and yeah, and well, also it, fun. And I didn't get the whole relationship between the female and the uh, the black stormtrooper. Mm -hmm. Like, were they into each other? Uh, I or think were they she not was into, into each him. other? I because think he has this, eyes for uh, Ray. 
there's a scene where he's trying to get into like the the skate pod thing and he's like oh i'm here checking it and she's like oh are you really right and i'm like it's like really because he's black you think he's trying to steal the like come on like that's not fair that's fucking totally racist like like a black guy can't just go check on the skate pod like it would be like no way that would she'd be like uh yeah no cool i just want to know what you're doing i'm out of here anyway i'm not gonna say anything i'm not gonna, definitely not gonna get arrested <laughs> I just thought, long, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. That's it. I just didn't think it was great. What did you like about it? It's just fun. It's just dumb fun. I don't I don't pick those movies apart. I I've I've I, I had my like uh Uber film nerd phase and, and I don't really critique movies like that anymore. And I probably should, but I just kinda like spectacle and shit blowing up and CG like um, altered carbon on Netflix, which wasn't great, which I, I recognize. Was, but it it's decent. Really like it's dumb yeah. fun, right? Like I mean, I, I like sci-fi movies. Like I'll watch any Alien movie. Like even Alien Covenant, which people didn't like, I liked. You know, like I, yeah, I like all uh, of those movies. That was okay. Yeah. So it's not a sci-fi thing. Like I get it. Like Alien Covenant had like like holes that you could drive a truck through, right? So plot-wise, yeah. Like I even like the one. Uh, what was the movie where the the Cloverfield movie where they're in the ship, the spaceship? I don't know if you've seen oh, that one. Oh yes, the the, yeah, the new the, new the, one. The new yeah, one, like, yes. Like in that one, there's a scene where the guy has stuff in him, and they get him on the the medical table, and he's like shaking, and his chest is stuck. And they're all standing around him, staring at him. Like, have none of you seen Alien? Like, I would be through watching this through two sheets of blast glass. You know, like, there's no way we've we been be, through like, this in this world. Did, yeah, in this world, was Alien not a movie? Like, you guys, in this, in this reality, people in movies like, don't no watch movies. Yeah. What about the end? What about the end yeah. of that thing when the, the ship's flying through the atmosphere and Earth, and it just gets pretty much eaten by the monster? Yeah. That's that was like, just what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, the did did the monster end up eating it, or did the monster just make? Did the monster just rear? I don't remember if the monster actually. Did you I, think, when, I think when they're entering straight, the atmosphere. I think it went straight into the straight into his mouth. I think. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that part. I might have been on my iPad at that point. I was just, I was just like, what the fuck is going on with this shit? But so I, so I can, I like those. Like, if you're in a spaceship and there's some hard sci-fi, I'm okay with it. But man, Star Wars is just way too much <laughs> hand waving for me. I cannot do it. So it's, I'm hoping Solo will be more harder, like more hard. I don't. I doubt it's harder. I think it's more actiony than. It's, it's a not even trying to be space opera anymore. It's just an action movie. I heard it's just a bank heist sort of condominium. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Rogue One is different. Rogue One, I have not seen. That's different style. Oh, Rogue One is it. Yeah. It's actually really good. It's more in the vein of Empire Strikes Back, I think, kind of. All right. Maybe I need to see that one. Then I can offer a critique of that movie. Yeah. Let's let's report back next month. Yeah. It, it, It ties in well with Star Wars, the first one. Very well. Yeah. All right, good. I'll give it a chance. I'll see. It's I'll good. It. I, I, I I like the ending of it. I mean, I yeah, keep wa- yeah. I keep watching these movies, so they're they're make. I guess they're. But the good news is, I'm not paying for them. So. You got to stay relevant. 
Well, that's all I got, boys. Yeah, me too. Rich, you got anything else you want to add? No, I'm pretty much done. I'm oh, pretty much drunk by now. So. Nice. Okay, well go, done. Get in a fight. go get in a fight with your wife. That's, that's <laughs> the tradition. Yeah, she's working tonight, so. <laughs> and what time is it for you? Is it like 6 o'clock or something? Yeah, half past 6. Yeah. Yeah, I got dance competition tomorrow in Anaheim, so that should be a lot of fun. We'll go down there. Fun. Yeah, I'm with... I've had school. I've had school sports today, so yeah. Mm. I'm replacing my daughter's exhaust system tomorrow. Wow! Check you out. That's pretty handy. Yeah, her, uh, her catalytic converters are both blocked, so I get to tear her car apart. All right, boys. But you know, I have nothing better to do. So well, that's all I got. Yeah. So unless anybody has anything else, I think that's a wrap. I dig it. Sounds good to me. All right, Rich. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Killed it. Thank you. All right, gentlemen. So what do I do with these? Uh, this recording? Do I send it to you? or? Uh, let me see. Just hold on to it for now. Let me see if I need it. I'll, I'll email you by Monday um, and let you know if I need it or not. Cool. I've got two copies by the look of it. I've got one from the, we're disconnected and then okay. reconnected. So sure. Should be all there. Cool. All right, all right. I'll all catch right. you later. Sounds See good. You. Good night. See you, mate. Bye. Visit us at http colon slash slash boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash one six six zero or contact us at advance after combat at gmail.com.